93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, August 15th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. A gunman surrendered early Thursday morning following a standoff with Philadelphia police that lasted more than seven hours, leaving six officers shot and three others injured. It started sometime around 4.30 Wednesday when police attempted to serve a narcotics warrant at a home along the 3700 block of North 15th Street in the Tioga Nicetown section of the city. Police officers entered the house and once in the kitchen area, Located towards the rear of the residence, gunshots rang out, authorities said. The shooter fired multiple rounds. Officers returned fire, many of whom had to escape through windows and doors to get away from the barrage of bullets, as Philadelphia Philadelphia Police Commissioner Richard Ross said. Two police officers remained trapped inside of the home for hours. However, at about 9.20, police said that the officers were safely removed from the home. Uh, Richard Ross spoke to reporters this morning, and uh, they're not quite sure that the shooter knew that they were inside the house. So. Uh, apparently, there's going to be some more details that will be released later. The gunman surrendered to authorities shortly after midnight Thursday after speaking to his attorney. 34-year-old Maurice Hill was taken to Temple University for evaluation and was released a few hours later to police, in police custody. Uh, Hill has, been, has a long criminal history of drug offenses dating back to 2003. It's pretty wild because as this was unfolding, Steve, you brought it to my attention because you had seen it on the news before I did. And, and the initial information that was coming in I, after... This all was wrapped up. I was shocked to find out it was just one guy. You know what I yeah, mean? After yeah. there, there were six officers shot, I was thinking, all right, it's a, it's yeah. a group of people right, that they're standing right. off against. He was and, in the uh, back of the house. I was surprised. Yeah, had the ability to sort of pick them off. And I heard six officers shot. Mm. And then later heard that, uh, you know, th- no life-threatening um, yeah. injuries. I, a, I was, I, I was yeah. un- amazed and so happy to hear that because you hear six people shot. Yeah. Somebody's going to get hurt bad. Seriously. It was just astonishing. But from what the the nature, I guess, and they're going to obviously do extensive checking up on the situation and laying out how everything played out. But um, from what they said initially, the, the guy was, it was sort of a bottleneck situation. And then he barricaded himself in towards the back of the house. And the Kathy on the second floor, I had heard that they they were the two officers, and they might have had two people with them as well. Yeah, I think that there he made a comment. Uh, Ross made a comment this morning that made me believe that there were other people in that house. There, people there that were... they had that they had um, arrested that they found up there. Did oh, you hear anything further I, you on know that? What? I don't know about that. Okay. I know that there was a woman and a daughter that were uh, brought to safety, they said, and, and but they weren't saying whether or not they were inside the house. Maybe they were, you know, a neighboring house. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but he did say this morning that, uh, you know, he was at the scene and that right. they were, you know, they were obviously working all night and that uh, somebody else is going to come and give more detailed update later this morning. Now, he was also Facebook live. Yeah, he also didn't, so Richard Ross also didn't, uh, he, he wasn't exactly sure right. about that, but apparently there there was some sort of conversation with uh, a girlfriend, and there is also a newborn. I'm assuming it's the suspects. Yeah. Um, but again, they're going to uh, update uh, you know all this information and how it unfolded um, later today. So as the standoff began, patrol cars were seen speeding towards the scene as armored vehicles and police in tactical gear converged on the street. I was driving uh, at about 4:30, and I, all, I mean, police cars all over the place. I was driving into the city. I'm like, something's going yeah, on here, yeah. and I didn't know at the time. And when I got there. Um, I was actually talking to uh, Alex Holly from Fox 29, and she was like, hey, did you hear? I'm like, that's what that was. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, I mean, they were all over the place. What I thought was fascinating is that there, so there, there was local and there was national news covering it as well. And they uh, so what they did is any coverage that they did was very removed from the area because they didn't know if, 
if the yeah, shooter was, was able to shooter. watch and see yeah. tactically what yep. the police were doing. Yep. Yeah, in fact, um, I was watching ABC and they were like, we're purposely staying mm-hmm. back. Right. Because we they don't want to give anything yeah. away. Yeah. So video showed one officer who appeared injured being taken away in a police car. Another video showed two officers carrying a man and putting him in the back of a police car. Uh, in another video, bullets can be seen ricocheting off the pavement around police officers positioned outside of the home. Police said the six officers shot in the incident were rushed to area hospitals with non-life-threatening injuries. All have since been released. In addition, three other officers who were not shot received treatment for other injuries. One officer who was injured in a car crash while responding to the scene of the shooting remains hospitalized. This morning, Commissioner Ross spoke to reporters and said they are celebrating the work of everyone. It's a miracle that no one was killed during this incident yesterday. He said the crime scene will be processed and more detail and more detailed update will come later today. The threat of a recession doesn't seem so remote anymore for investors in financial markets. The yield on the closely watched 10-year Treasury fell so low Wednesday that for the first time since 2007, it briefly crossed a threshold that has correctly predicted many past recessions. Weak uh, economic data from Germany and China also fanned fears of a global shutdown, a slowdown. That spooked investors uh, who responded by dumping stocks, sending the Dow Jones Industrial Average into an 800-point skid, its biggest drop of the year. The S&P 500 index dropped nearly 3% as the market erased all of its gains from a rally the day before. Tech stocks and banks led the broad sell-off. Retailers came under especially heavy selling pressure after Macy's issued a dis- uh, dismissal earnings report and cut its full-year forecast. Investors have been plowing money into the safety of the United States government bonds for months in the middle of growing anxiety that weakness in the global economy could sap down in the United States. A stop, at a, a stop for water ice just made someone a in Philadelphia $3 million richer. Mm. A Pennsylvania club scratch-off ticket worth $3 million was sold at Germantown Water Ice on the 2700 block of Germantown Avenue. The lottery, uh, Pennsylvania lottery announced yesterday for selling and winning I live right near Germantown, Kathy. <laughs> Do you know where Germantown Water Ice is? I'd probably pass it. <laughs> okay. For I probably s- thought to myself, man, I bet you they sell winning lottery tickets. For selling the winning ticket, the water ice shop receives a $10,000 bonus. The $3 million Pennsylvania Club scratch-off is a $30 game that offers five top prizes of $3 million. To determine if they've won the prize, players can review the ticket, scan it at a lottery retailer, or use the ticket checker feature on the lottery's official app. No information about the person who won has been released. Winners should immediately sign the back of a ticket, call the lottery, and file a claim at the nearest lottery office. In sports this morning... JT Arumioto hit a grand slam. Grand slam. Bryce Harper hit two home runs, and the Phillies beat the Chicago Cubs 11-1 in Charlie Manuel's yeah. first game as hitting coach. Manuel- one day, that's all it took him. Yeah, one right, day, one day, he's turned gonna- it all around. <laughs> World Series <laughs> fever, baby. Yeah. Manuel was back in his old dugout exactly six years to the day the franchise icon managed his last game for the Phils. 
The man who created the phrase hit and season heard Charlie Chance after Real Muto's Grand Slam made it 10-0 in the third. Cole Hamels, the 2008 NLCS and World Series MVP with Manuel's team, was roughed up in the first game in Philadelphia since he was traded to Texas in July of 2015. Hamels gave up eight runs and nine hits in two-plus innings. The series wraps up tonight, and Drew Smiley will get the start. Game time is at 7.05. Before the game, right-hander Jake Arrieta announced that he will likely have season-ending surgery because of a bone spur in his pitching elbow. He is scheduled for an MRI today, and he will determine his course of action afterwards. It seems probable Eagles head coach Doug Peterson won't play Carson Wentz at all this preseason, including tonight's game in Jacksonville. The Eagles will hold joint practices next Monday and Tuesday with the Ravens, then face them at the link next week. The preseason ends with the Jets at the Meadowlands on August 29th. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kath. Nick was just showing me the video of uh, uh, Harper hitting that home run. I mean, it hit the second tier deck. I yeah. Mean, he crushed it. Yeah, it's nice to see him getting some hits, man. Yeah, I know. You know, it's Hello. you almost need those things, don't you? You kind of do, yeah. Especially when you're spending that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, anyhow, welcome, friends, to a Thursday morning with the Preston and Steve show. We have several things going on today. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, our Belly Flop Championship is taking place. Valley Forge Casino Resort, and I think we're looking great for the weather. We will be at the Valley Beach Poolside Club. And the doors open at 5, so it's happy hour time, folks. And it is free of charge. If you're at least 21, you can come out. We'll try to get things started around 6-ish. Yeah. And, uh, to be and respectful of everyone's time, because we have actually more competitors than we've ever had. Battle of the Sex. Yeah. The ladies are on board for this one. <laughs> what will they bring? Who the hell knows? Let's find out tonight. Come out and join us, and uh, we will have a good time. I do guarantee you, no matter who wins or loses, we are going to have a good time. So uh, we'll see you there. We will all be there. Um, we also have now Casey last second here is whipping up together. I know once again, we have this awesome Avengers Endgame prize pack to give away like we did the other day, the other day. And it does include a thousand dollar Best Buy gift card. So we're going to do yet again an emoji code. Uh Aha. But the thing is, is Casey is putting one together right now. It's done, guys, and I think this might be the easiest one yet. Oh. Well, I, I requested an easy one because last yeah. time was was a little bit more difficult, but uh, not too easy, right? Yeah. Uh, listen, here's the deal. You you have to go to the website to see it when it's up there, and you still have to be able to call you know, in. You're right. You know what I mean? It, so, it's so still a crapshoot. You're right. There's still some hoops that you need to jump through. Yep. But, uh, hoops, just... there it is. <laughs> All right, so Marissa's getting that ready. We'll have it up. I'll let you know when you can go to PrestonSteve.com and see it. But uh, essentially, you just decipher the code, and then later on, we'll ask you to call them the answer. And if you are that person, you win. Uh, not only a $1,000 Best Buy gift card, but also we're going to give you the limited edition Avengers Assembled Steelbook and all four Avengers films on digital, 4K, Ultra HD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray, all that stuff, and uh, we'll be good to go. So that is exciting. We also have joining us this morning uh, comedian John Roy, who's going to be at Helium Comedy Club starting tonight and through the weekend, so we'll spend some time with him. And uh, we also got to touch on the fact that today is the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. 50 years That's ago pretty wild. today wow. that, yeah. that started. So uh, we can touch on a little bit of that. Um, we were all there. Yeah, uh, amazing. My dad was there. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, he was in Janis Joplin's I'm tour sorry. bus. <laughs> That's right. He did. He was banging Janis Joplin. She performed there. Yeah, in more ways so, than well. one. Yeah, apparently. All right. But I don't think she, it happened there. But you do have a story. Yeah, it's yeah. a little one. Yeah. Okay. All right. yeah, she performed a solo on uh, Kathy's dad. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we'll get to all that good stuff in due time. Uh, what do you want me to do? It's up. It's up. Oh! It's up. The emoji code is... I mean, we should have some special music or oh, something like okay. that, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, I'm not I can in... totally do that. Yeah, it's right there. So, all right. The emoji code has now been posted. 
It is at PrestonandSteve.com. Get to work on it. And then just wait for us to tell you when to call in, and uh, we'll see if you can win. So good luck to you, my friend. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. Roll out all the entertainment stories that I've slaved over for you. And a stupid question with some giveaway stuff, too. So we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so stupid question time. We're going to give away a pair of passes for the Keystone Comic Con Geek Out at Keystone Comic Con. It's August 23rd through the 25th. Tom Holland's going to be there from Spider-Man Far From Home. That is correct on the 25th. So we'll give you tickets if you can answer this question. Uh, In uh, the game of cricket, cricket? what is a player who excels in both batting and bowling called? (laughs) My guess is unknown. 215, well, maybe here. Yeah, here, yeah. 215 263 WMMR. What is a, a player who excels in both batting and bowling called? 215 263 WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Uh, when we went to uh, Jamaica for that mystery trip years ago, Casey, you and I were reading, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we were reading the sports page because in Jamaica they care about cricket. Oh, yes. And it was like reading a foreign language. It's so yep. That sport is so it's huge. Huge, yeah. but but foreign to me. All the terminology, I had no idea what they were talking about. I watched about. it for a little bit. Uh, I forget what, what channel was. Um, there was some tournament, and okay. I got caught up in it a little bit. Really? I, I'll caught up in trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I couldn't figure it out. I've watched it before. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but let's see if you know. Call now. We're going to go through some birthdays today, Thursday, August 15th. While we're waiting your answer, Jennifer Lawrence has her birthday today, and she is 29 years old today. She's getting married and returning to acting. Right? Uh, Took her a little hiatus is over. That's yeah, the word. Yeah. I, I don't know what project she has in the works, but yeah, she's getting back to it. Did you see her her last film? I guess was was it Red Sparrow? Was is that, that last... what it was? I yeah. watched it. It's kind of it's kind of wild. Yeah, it's it's another one of these super empowered uh, spy things. But she it, there are other ones. It's that very I like sexual. Better. Yeah, I yeah. mean, she uses her sexuality a lot more. Is it weird that Silver Linings Playbook didn't really do a whole lot for me? Oh, I know really? people really fell in love I with it, loved but it. I, I wanted to like it, but it just didn't speak to me. Um, but I'll go back and no, check it out. No, I, I think it's time. a good movie. I yeah. think it's good. I just don't. I don't think it's uh, astonishing, but I enjoyed it. Uh, she is twenty nine today. It's also Ben Affleck's birthday. Today. Wow, yeah. best Batman ever. Uh, ben Affleck turns 47 years old today. I am looked at, uh, so I have a huge statue of Ben Affleck as Batman up in the corner of my room, pressed it on a fake ledge that my brother-in-law built for me. I'll get into the specifics later on. Uh-huh. But every night I look up and there's Ben Affleck looking down at me. Oh, I really enjoyed sweet. hearing Kevin Smith talk about um, repairing in the relationship with, yeah. uh, with yeah. Affleck. And they, they really had a strained one and he was able to bring him back around. It's very cool. You know what I wouldn't mind seeing, but I haven't heard anything, any rumblings at all, would be... Uh, a sequel to, because they leave it open at the end, a uh, sequel to The Accountant. Yes, they're working on it. Are they? Yes, yes, they're they? working on it. I enjoyed Good. that movie that came out of left field. Yeah. 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 I, it, which is weird, because I used to not like him. Yeah. Uh, I would do that phase too. I didn't like his acting style or any of that, and then it wasn't until, it had to have been The Town, uh, that the bank. It wasn't Sheely? It was, definitely wasn't that one. <laughs> 
But that was the one where I was like, okay, you know, I, and and I do enjoy him as Batman. He's my second favorite Batman. Yeah. Christian Bale's my favorite. Yeah. Ar- Argo kind of brought me back around on him, too. Uh, he's 47 today. Joe Jonas, one of the Jonas Brothers. Is he your favorite Jonas Brother? Uh, he's, he's actually, he's the only Jonas brother I know. <laughs> no, the, who's the one who married, uh, Nick. Sophie Turner? What's that? Nick. Nick Jonas did, yeah. And that, he's your okay. favorite? So I, he's got to be my favorite because okay. he scored Sansa Stark. And I'm wearing a House Stark <laughs> t-shirt today, there so. You go. Uh, but Joe Jonas is 30 years old today. There's three brothers, right? Yeah, okay. Joe, Nick, you? and well, there's a fourth, Goober. No. Goob, <laughs> Goober, Goober Jonas. Jonas. I think they're in town next week. I think they're the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, it's, it's at some point this month. I love the song Sucker. I I, I came across kind of like you with BTS, Steve. I know. It came up on Saturday Night Live. You don't ask like, for it to happen. It just does. Yeah. I was like, oh, I like this song. Wait a minute. Suck her? Yeah. No, Sucker. Oh, like, okay. Suck like, her. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a song I can get behind. Are you a sucker for you. Whose birthday is it today? It's Joe. He's the one who's married to Sophie Turner. Oh, yeah. Joe, Joe, no, yeah. Nick's yeah. married to Priyanka ah, Chopra. Yeah. My All right. bad. My right. bad. Then Joe's, Joe's your favorite. Joe's my favorite. Yeah. Hey, how tall is Sophie Turner? I'll look that up. Don't know. Because she partial. looks like she towers over the brothers. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm not in a Nick with uh, Priyanka Chopra or whatever her name is, Priyanka Chopra. <laughs> I like Chopra. I watched her. I watched some of that show. It's terrible. Is it? It's not good. I thought it was terrible. It's not good. Yeah. That's ca- that's your John, isn't that it? That was my yeah. John, yeah. That show? No, it was the Jonas Brothers. That was the Jonas Brothers. You know that she would drink wine and talk with her friends about it. She told us in her commercials. John, 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 John. Yeah. All the time. She was a huge fan. All the time. And the third brother Uh, is Kevin, Case. I said that. You were right. Yeah. 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 Come on, I know. And Goober. But, Uh, like, uh, Joe does a beautiful duet with... um... Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you guys ever see Camp Rock 2 with uh, the chick? No, I haven't. (laughs) Dude. You are it. missing out. Is Camp it better Rock, than The Descendants? Um, it's different. You know, right. it's what about not high as school fan, musical. It's not as fan. It's I think it's better than High School Musical. I do. Okay, I do. They're in uh, town. Agree on to the, disagree. They're in town on Sunday, Casey. Go see him. Oh, but he man, did a beautiful duet. Yeah, with who? I can't remember her name because mm. I I got like three oh. hours of sleep last night. I'm okay. so tired. Get, oh, you're getting fussy. I'm <laughs> getting a little fussy. <laughs> She's really pretty. She was sober and then she wasn't sober. Now she's That's sober again. Demi Lovato. There we go. Demi, Demi Lovato. Lovato. Yes. Right. Uh, Joe Jonas is thirty today. Pat Priest, uh, Marilyn from the Munsters. <laughs> Which Marilyn do we have in studio? We had Pat Priest, I okay. believe. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Okay. We did, and she was uh, involved with Elvis for a little while. She's eighty-three years old today. Wow. She was not the first. The the first I forget. Uh, oh, she was only for half a season or three quarters of a season, and she had a boyfriend that she decided she wanted to. Go back to her hometown and be with, and uh, that was it. Okay. Enter Pat Priest. Uh, Then you have Deborah Messing from Will and Grace. Nick hates her. Why'd you play that? I don't know. Okay. He's tired. <laughs> he's really tired. He's she's fifty one, and then the last birthday I saw is uh, actress Natasha Henstridge. Uh, species. You remember from Species? Yes, that is correct. Whole nine she's, yards, right? She's, uh, yeah, she's naked a lot in Species. If you're a fan of naked science fiction, fifty one years old today. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Uh, what is a player who excels in both batting and bowling? In the sport of cricket, called 215-263-WMMR, and I'm going to go to Eddie. Hi, Eddie. Good morning. Good morning. Eddie, so if you're good at bowling and at batting, what do they call you in cricket? All-rounder. An all-arounder. <laughs> yep, hang on. We're going to set you up, buddy. We 
are going to take care of you with a pair of tickets for Keystone Comic Con. Geek out of Keystone Comic Con August 23rd through the 25th at the Pennsylvania Convention Center on August 25th. See Tom Holland, star of Spider-Man Far From Home. Keystone Comic Con is so much more than a Comic Con. It is an exciting weekend for the whole family. You can get tickets at KeystoneCon2019.com slash tickets. Well... Bad news. Bam Margera is behind bars after getting <gasps> nabbed by the LAPD at 11.56 p.m. Tuesday night. I assume he's out by now because this was on Tuesday. What, yeah. What happened to the rehab? So according to Page Six, well, he was placed under citizen's arrest and then booked early Wednesday morning. He reportedly was busted for trespassing shortly after leaving a rehab facility oh, that Dr. No. Phil had helped arrange for him. He reportedly refused to leave the Lux Hotel on Sunset and caused a scene. This... Did you watch the video? Nope. Yeah, he's sitting on the floor in the lobby, and he's refusing to move, and the police take him away. He, this is just... Now, he was in rehab for, what, like a day, a day and a half? He got Dr. Phil tattooed on his neck, the name Dr. Phil tattooed. Did you see that as well? No. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, and uh, everyone's really worried for him. Well, I, I was wonder... going to say, this doesn't sound... Like, this, obviously, he was on something or drinking or, or whatever. It doesn't sound like somebody who was sober. Yeah, I, I wonder, yeah, I think he was, in fact, Phil had commented, uh, he had said, his bail was set at $1,000, uh, and Phil said he doesn't need a lawyer to get out, he was trespassing, I don't know all the details, so I better not speculate, he's allowed to get out on his own, he was drunk, so they're going to let him sober up, and then he can leave on his own when they say it's time, that's all I truly know, so that's what Phil said, but, uh... <sighs> I wonder how much is this? I mean, obviously, the booze is is a huge root of the problem. Yeah. But also, I wonder how much of it is, you know, sometimes, bam, under situations where somebody says, well, hang on a minute, wait, you know, you can't do that or something yeah. like that. He doesn't react too well to being told no. Yeah, I think sometimes. Part of it, though, I, I on that first go around, he came in here, or maybe it wasn't the first, but it seemed to be a lengthy stab at rehab. He was good, and um, he was committed to that. Uh, you remember all that had to happen for Steve-O to get uh, where he is today, and he's a miraculous turnaround. I only hope the same for Bam, because yeah. this is not clearly a good place for him to be at right now. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Uh, so sources told TMZ that he's off his bipolar meds, which triggered this latest strange behavior. I don't know if that's no, legit I, or not. But Casey, is that have you ever heard him that he's bipolar? I've never heard that. No. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I mean, this whole Doctor Phil thing. You know, he was talking about how he's not crazy. Yeah. And Doctor Phil said he's not. You know. Um. I. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I. You know. Uh, this breaks my heart. Yeah. It's very sad. No. Yeah. All right, well, let's go over to the Kardashians. I'll break your heart some more. Yeah. Actually, no. This is a positive thing. Okay, so they're they're not known for their natural look, which makes Kourtney Kardashian. That's not natural? Kourtney Kardashian's latest bathing suit, <laughs> hot shot, even more notable. The 40-year-old mother of three posted a swimsuit shot of herself on Instagram, and fans are embracing not just the sunny Italian setting, but the fact that she opted to keep her stretch marks in the picture. Oh, my, oh my God. God. What about her pubes sticking out the side, pal? He is so brave. <laughs> brave is that, Kathy? So thank you. Brave. That's the word oh my I was going to use. Look at you. So brave, showing your stretch. Yeah. And yet you always hear about kids a chop, kids a chop. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she responded to one of her emoji, one of her fans in, in the comment section, writing, "I love my little stripes." 
adding a smiling emoji. So. Oh, my God. The stripes oh. meeting the stretch marks. Yeah. <laughs> I only wish you loved her little shut the F up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bella Thorne, the actress, has gone from Disney star to porn film director. No. <laughs> there you go. It's the usual trajectory, Preston. The 21-year-old directed her first porn film. Oh, this is real. Dubbed her and him as part of Pornhub's Visionaries Directors Series. I'm not familiar with this uh, p- part of Pornhub. Are you, Preston, or is your friend who checks porn? No, I've never heard of this, yeah. which uh, features debut films by unexpected guest directors to diversify porn production and help create more varied content with multiple types of viewers in mind. Wow. The film depicts uh, quote, an edgy 20-something guy who stumbles upon a surprise text in his girlfriend's phone interrupting their morning routine and spinning everything into an out-of-control sexually charged encounter. Wow. That's according to the Pornhub news release. Her and him is also being billed as a sexually explicit Romeo and Juliet. Thorne said, I'm really lucky. Really? (laughs) Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Dear God, they're really really saying that. Uh, Thorne Thorne said, I'm really lucky that Pornhub wanted to come on and produce this with me because originally I was shopping it around a very long time ago and things were very different. People are kind of scared to make a movie like this one when it comes to dominance and submissiveness between a male and female and how this relationship can turn quite sour. Oh, no, they're not. That's uh, so much of porn is populated with stuff. There's nothing they haven't done. So the, this isn't virgin territory. You'll the, forgive the pun. Two of the stars are Abella Danger and Small Hands. <laughs> Those are the stars? Mm-hmm. Bella Danger and Small Hands. Small Hands. Wow. And I am Jack. not familiar with their work, Preston. Basically, theater stuff before this? And Chest Rockwell. <laughs> Chest <Not> Rockwell. Really. <laughs> Remember that from Boogie Nights. Nice, uh, <laughs> uh, How much can you bench? <laughs> music from Mod Sun will be featured. That's uh, Thorne's ex, I guess. Oh, why is she using music from Mod Sun? They had a tumultuous split. Yes, so. Is that a person? Yeah, and he's okay. an idiot. Uh, Her and Him is set to debut September 11th at the Oldenburg International Film Festival in Germany. Don't Mm. forget, it's the Romeo and Juliet of porn. (laughs) Is it Romeo in Juliet or and Juliet? (laughs) What boner through yonder window (laughs) breaks. All right. Mike Tyson this week said he and his podcast co-hosts smoke around $40,000 worth of pot each month on his California ranch where he grows cannabis. Wow, that seems to be a lot. Yeah, forty thousand a month. How many? Uh, how many people are joining him in that? Even Britain, his hot boxing with Mike Tyson co-host, added. We smoke ten tons of weed on the ranch a month. That seems no. that seems biologically impossible, doesn't it? Yeah. To smoke ten tons of weed. Do you know what hot boxing is? No, I have no you remember, idea. Do you remember that term, hot boxing? Yeah, and do it uh, with all the hit- windows up and. Oh, okay. No, I I was uh, heard when you when you puff on the the joint too much and it gets all you know burns too quick and and uh, gets all hot. Oh, we called it. Uh, that was called hot box. Yeah. So you close the windows and uh, it would um, intensify. We also called there it you the, the aquarium. You the, called aquarium? It the aquarium. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, my friends called it that. Uh, the former <laughs> boxer broke ground in California earlier this year on a forty acre ranch. He added that his ranch sells around a half million dollars in cannabis to dispensaries in California, Nevada. It's each, proving to be very lucrative each month, and he's been involved in the pot industry since after his last fight in two thousand five. So he's been with it for a while. That would seem impossible. That that's a, that's a, an ungodly amount of pot, right? For just a couple of people to there uh, exaggerate. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Uh, a musical about the life of Princess Diana is Broadway bound, uh, directed by Christopher Ashley. Diana is scheduled to open at New York's Long Care Theater next March, and it follows the line of the, uh, the People's Princess uh, during her. I'm sorry, the life of the People's Princess during her. Turbulent 15-year marriage to Prince Charles, culminating in her 1997 death at the age of 36. She will be played by Jenna DeWall in this. Huh. Uh, from it, uh, from the sounds of it, uh, Diana, which debuted this spring at the La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego, takes a few cues from Evita, which, of course, is about uh, Argentina's legendary first lady, Eva Perón. That was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber in 1978. And they're also taking some stuff from uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, Preston. It also boasts an impressive pedigree, David Bryan. Who, from Bon Jovi. Yep, who co-wrote the scores, longtime keyboardist for Bon Jovi. He and uh, Joe Pietro are also the creators of the 2009 hit Memphis, which won four Tony Awards. So wow. maybe he has a David, shot there. David has become a, uh, a legit force in uh, in musicals. Yeah, he's a Juilliard grad. Yeah, David yeah he's the real deal. So is this like a legit legit biography, or is it a uh, sort of a fantastical look at Diana? I think it's a fantastical look because it's a musical. Okay. You know? So uh, the San Diego, but but it's gonna it's gonna follow her yeah. her life, her story. But but I'm sure they're gonna you know. Add some to it to make it a, a, a great stage show. As It'll best probably can. culminate with her meeting Michael Jackson. The San Diego production, however, received mixed reviews. Uh-oh. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, let's see. How about this one? Arnie. Arnie Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Built a career on being a manly man from Who's his that? early start as a bodybuilder to his turn in Terminator to governor. And uh, he's a tough dude who unapologetically embraces iron pumping machismo. Uh, so it's notable when Mr. Olympia makes a statement about masculinity. Arnold appears in The Game Changers, a documentary from Oscar winners Louis Hoyos uh, and James Cameron about the rise of vegan food uh, use among pro athletes. Uh, the film focuses on James Wilkes, a special forces trainer who is on a quest to find the truth about meat, protein, and strength, people reports. Uh, several prominent athletes appear, including Arnold, who uh, slams marketing tactics that he says trick men into believing that meat is manly. The 72-year-old said, uh, there's no one that can relate to it better than I do because I've lived in that world. Steak is for men. They show these commercials, burgers, George Foreman with the grill, an epic sandwich. Uh, this is great. Great marketing for the meat industry, selling the idea that real men eat meat, but you've got to understand it's marketing. It's not based on reality. <laughs> Arnold, by the way, has reportedly reduced his own meat consumption by 80%. So this is a big deal is that uh, there has been this contention within the world of bodybuilding for years that, you know, the the proteins you get from meat are more conducive to building your frame. And so I, I, I heard about this movie and this contention that you can get what you need protein-wise from non-meat products or non-meat from, uh, you know, vegetables and things. So right. we'll see. I'd be curious. Uh, the Game Changers will screen in select cities for one day only on September 16th and in New York and Los Angeles on September 20th. Does he also talk about steroid use as well? Because that certainly <laughs> helped him get as big as he was. Mm-mm. Uh, Ashley Graham is expecting her first child with husband Justin Irvin. The supermodel shared the happy news on Instagram while also toasting their nine-year wedding anniversary. Uh, She wrote, nine years ago today, I married the love of my life. It has been the best journey with my favorite person in the world. And today we are feeling so blessed, grateful, and excited to celebrate 
with our growing family. Do they have kids already? Happy anniversary. Uh, that is a detail that was, no, it says, yeah, for their first child. Okay. I wonder if he had had kids prior to. I have no idea. All right. Uh, so she said uh, life is about to get even better. So good for them. And she is. Uh, she was in last year's Sports Illustrated, right? She was the. Uh, she made. She was the first what they consider plus size to make the leap. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I think plus so. Size. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, well, she is. If you look at uh, this, th- that was just a close-up shot oh, okay. of her. She's. She's definitely not a. Uh, she's curvy. She's not thin. Uh, so today, uh, I'm sorry, Todd. Not today, Todd. And Julie Chrisley have turned themselves in after being indicted on multiple counts of conspiracy, bank fraud, and tax evasion. This is from the Chrisley Knows Best show. And the stars previously said via Todd's Instagram account that they have nothing to hide and have done nothing to be ashamed of. I, I, their show is something to be ashamed of. Uh, that's that's a, That show on USA... And I've seen a couple episodes. You of were it. just talking about this. It's horrible. Okay. It's it's when you talk about sculpted reality, you talk about how they manipulate these storylines. And we've talked about shows, Preston, like that show Tanked about the aquariums. Mm-hmm. This one is so ridiculously scripted and so ridiculously orchestrated that I don't know how anyone can watch it with any level of enjoyment. It's not like they're really entertaining people to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's just they're just annoying. It's and he he's better suited. He comes across as like a like one of those preachers we make fun of. It really makes me weep for the country, to be honest, <laughs> that there are there are big enough groups of people that keep shows like this alive. Seven years, this freaking thing. It's unbelievable. Uh, so his attorney also stated that the allegations contained in the indictment are based on complete falsehoods. Uh-huh. I have to wait and see what happens. There's, there. a, there's an email in the indictment that says, "If you do not, uh, this is a quote from Todd, and, and this is a legend, and yeah. it's in the email, but it says, if you do not know how, to, know how to do this, then find a crooked accountant to do it. So their entire intent of all this was was finding somebody who would be crooked <laughs> enough to get done what they needed to get done. That's, That's I call that damning evidence, Nick, in the yeah, world of... Uh, find a crooked accountant <laughs> to do it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Patricia Heaton, the actress, is attached to produce a project based on perversion of justice, a series of articles in the Miami Herald that exposed Jeffrey Epstein, who has a network of powerful friends in Hollywood, D.C., and Wall Street, as a serial sexual predator. Uh, News of the series actually came three days after Epstein was found dead in his Manhattan jail cell uh, by an apparent suicide. So there's going to be... There's going to be a series about that coming up. Did you see the uh, recent, um, the our coroner's report came out, I think it came out just this morning, maybe late last night, about him in jail. And, you know, the, the suicide is the belief. However, there are broken bones in his neck that would be um, commensurate with uh, a strangulation. So they're not saying that's conclusively the case, but there seems to be a lot more damage than one might get from strangling themselves. Did he hang himself? That's the word. Yeah, he was because yeah, bizarrely he was left in a cell with a bunk bed, which you're not supposed to do when someone has been on suicide watch. So they're saying, you know, the, the conspiracy theories are going to are be, are gonna be off the charts crazy, because yeah. there's oh, yeah. so, there that's was, why I've been purposely avoiding yeah. the story. There's just been a ton of stuff that's so weird about this. Well, so dude's I, dead. I had also heard, however, though, because he's dead, Preston, all these uh, uh, NDAs or uh, non disclosure non disclosure agreements? agreements. Yes. Uh, are now null and void. Ah. So all these people who were not, not able to talk before are now able to talk. Okay. We're talking limo I, drivers and stuff I think what like we're that. talking is about uh, the new show after Chrisley Knows All. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, a couple other things. Uh, Ernest Hemingway's A Movable Feast is being developed as a TV series. Um, you guys, do you guys read? Have you ever read? Yes, Hemingway? I love Hemingway. I've never read. It's Hemingway. about that he takes his lunch to one place and then he drives it to oh, another place. Oh, movable feast! And he says, You're going to bring that sandwich over here or what? It's about a lunchbox. <laughs> it's a movable feast. Um, I've never read Hemingway. I am, uh, yeah, Snows of Kilimanjaro, Islands in the Stream, uh, about the writing of the Dolly Parton song. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Old Man in the Sea is an easy. Old read Man in the Sea is it's great. Yeah, yeah, if you're looking for a, a Hemingway classic, that's it's only 150 pages or something oh, like that, and, and tear through that. You can tear through it, and um, it's about this old guy in the ocean. And he's oh, in the sea, no, yeah. yeah. No, I know the story. Yeah. I know it's about. I've just never read. I, I'm I am aware of Ernest Hemingway and his very descriptive, uh, you know, writing style and everything. But he is uh, he's. Um, stalked by a clown with a red balloon. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've that sounds familiar. Old clown in the scene. <laughs> so, anyhow, his granddaughter, actress uh, Mariel Hemingway, uh, producers John Goldstone and Mark Rosen, and the Village Roadshow Entertainment Group are attached to develop a movable feast. Has been my favorite. Like this, according to uh, Mariel Hemingway, she said, "A movable feast has been my favorite book since I was 11 years old when my father took me to Paris." That's the one I never read. Uh, while reading the book together, he showed me where Papa lived and Daddy was raised, ate, wrote, and dreamed of becoming a great writer. His deep love of my grandmother Hadley and his growing passion for art is an ins- is an inspiring time at the beginning of his iconic career. They say and- there's, a, there's a particular passage in the book, Preston, where he picks up a hamburger and walks it across the room. Oh. And says, just, you'll be in tears. Uh, I want to reveal on film the coming-of-age story that has captivated readers and burgeoning writers for several decades. So there were Mar- there's Mariel Hemingway and Margot Hemingway. You remember Margot? She was the first star out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And she... Uh, and, Did uh, she really? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very weird. But Mariel took off the younger sister, and then you never hear about Margot anymore. I thought she died, but I, she? I'm probably off uh, on well, that. That would be a good reason for not hearing I her. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm probably incorrect, but uh, Nick's going to look it up. Yeah, she passed away 23 years ago. Okay, yeah. Well, that's still no excuse. <laughs> All right, and then one last story. Amelia Clark is starring in a holiday-themed rom-com with Henry Golding, and fans are getting their first look. It's called The Last Christmas. I watched this trailer yesterday. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> the trailer dropped showing Clark as Kate, a self-described mess who is working as an elf at a Christmas shop under an exacting boss. She said, I was really sick, and I nearly died. I don't tell people because they get weird, but I don't think you'll get weird. Uh, she says this in the trailer, so yeah, uh, I'm just scared all the time. The screenplay was written by Emma Thompson, uh, who also stars as Clark's mother, and the film will bow on November 8th, so Christmas rom-com. I think she's delightful. Yeah. That's and the I, word I would use. And I like him, too. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, He was in um, Crazy, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. Asians. Yeah. yeah, I just watched that last night again for the 31st time. That's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Listen, I like to watch people like live it. wealthy, too, to see all the stuff that they're <laughs> yeah, doing. I agree. I just just for the, their, their first-class compartment on the flight over is, yeah. is worth looking at that. All right, we're ready for clips. Reef Break features a thief-turned-fixer who fights crime on a... What? Dirigible? <laughs> no, uh, uh, I-D-Y-L-L. A Pacific Idol. Yeah, it's like a, almost like an atoll. Okay. Like a bikini atoll. Uh, in this or a clip, tankini atoll. It's like a small <laughs> island? Yes. Okay. In this clip, Poppy Montgomery. 
It's a bunch of nonsense here. Describes how she vicariously lives through the character she portrays. Here we go. She's like me, but like the way more outrageous sort of force of nature person. And it's a lot of fun to play her. There's a lot of freedom in a character that says what everybody's thinking, you know? She's the one who says what everyone's thinking, but they don't have the courage to say it. And I love that about her. Poppy Montgomery needs to be British. Yeah, I'm right. You know, yeah. I was expecting a British no, accent. No, that, that's Montgomery. not the way they work. Yeah, mm-hmm. the ones you don't have any idea are British or British, okay. and the ones you assume are British are never British. Yeah, but the she, name Poppy has she been in anything without uh, a trace? Known for yeah, without a trace, without an accent, nothing crazy over the top. Okay, reef break, reef break, reef break. <laughs> Reef break. <laughs> Wait a minute. Jay Giles. Freeze, Freeze frame. frame. <laughs> uh, airs tonight at 10 p.m. on ABC. Here's the next clip. The Outpost features Talon, last surviving member of the Black Bloods, <laughs> as she works to track down the killers of her family. Here, Jessica Green discusses how she got accustomed to being on set. I was, you know, thrown in the deep end at age 16. Never acted before and and was lucky enough to get my role in my first um, series called Lightning Point. And I had to learn fast. And you do get thrown in the deep end and you you either sink or swim. No, no, but yeah. Uh, The Outpost is on tonight, 8 p.m., and that's on The CW. So what am I going to watch? That or Reef Break? I don't know, but that chick sounds more like Poppy Montgomery than Poppy Montgomery I agree. Maybe we got the clip screwed up. She sounds like an Aussie. Yeah, a little bit yeah, of that, right. yeah, a little bit of that southern side thing. Uh, all right, and that's what I have for you. Let's Double try dingo. <laughs> uh, a couple of things to mention: our belly flop championship is today, and we will be at Valley Forge Casino Resort. You see how beautiful it looks out? Yes, I'm loving this. I think that's how we're going to be today. There's only the slightest chance of an isolated shower somewhere, so we're good to go, man. Do you know what I like pressing too? 85 degrees. It's going to be great. It's a good 10 degrees less than it usually is when yes. we have this. Yeah. It is. It's normally sweltering so yes. <laughs> while we're there, so this is going to be really enjoyable. So please join us. Doors open at 5. It's free. 21 and older, everybody invited, and uh, 6 o'clock we'll try to get things started. So uh, let's do that. We also have a chance for you to win, among other things, a $1,000 Best Buy gift card this morning. Yeah, it's with the emoji code. So Casey's put together an emojis code, emoji code, and a series of emojis that we have posted at PrestonandSteve.com. Just go on our website. Take a look at it. Decipher it. Write that phrase or those words down. Later on, we'll ask you to call them the designated caller. Wins that $1,000 Best Buy gift card, along with all four Avengers films and a limited edition Avengers Assembled Steel book. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And this is courtesy of our friends at uh, Best Buy, uh, which you can only get that book. The Steel book is only sold at Best Buy stores and on BestBuy.com, and it's all in conjunction with Avengers Endgame, which is now available on digital and Blu-ray. So go check that out. But while you're doing that... If you would like to go see uh, a special campfire-style acoustic performance with Cage the Elephant before the doors open for their show with Beck Wednesday, August 21st at BB&T Pavilion and join Marissa Magnata in the process. Nice. Uh, we'll take caller number 10 and we'll give you a pair of tickets. 215-263-WMMR is part of MMR's rock residency. Visit WMMR.com for details, including special ticket prices starting at just $19.33. So caller number 10. We can give you those tickets. We'll be back in a moment. Here we go. Here comes the MMRD. What's going on? 
Join Brent Porsche Thursday from 5 to 7 at the Exton Red Robin. They're celebrating 20 years with 1990s throwback prices on select menu items and different levels of fun each day this week. A portion of sales will be donated to the Lionville Volunteer Fire Company. Thursday from 6 to 8, it's Preston and Steve's Belly Flop Championship 2019 Battle of the Sexes at Valley Beach Poolside Club at Valley Forge Casino Resort. Admissions free for spectators 21 and up. Enjoy a dip in the pool plus drink specials, including beer buckets and belly flop jello shots. Valley Forge Casino Resort, Philly's only resort casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Yeah, tonight, uh, judges, uh, we have... Uh, so, Mike Jarek was going to be one of our judges, uh, but um, we had a rain date. And yeah. Had, uh, so, schedules didn't work out, so we called our buddy uh, Richard Curtis, who's over at Fox oh, 29, cool. and he is the host of the television show, The Clash Room, <laughs> yes. and he's really fired up about it. He's a high-energy guy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's perfect, right? He's really perfect. fired up yeah. about it, and he's going to be one of, our, um, uh, one of our judges tonight, as well as the Hebrew Hammer... Who won it before? So he comes from a place of being a champion himself, knowing what to look for. Exactly, he's a former champion, yeah. so he knows specifically what needs to be done to win. Right, and he's been both presentation and execution. That's correct. And uh, Casey has been a judge every single year. I think Casey's he's a, a diver. Yeah, and he's a necessity, Preston, yeah. because mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, he will cut to the chase on uh, the actual belly flop itself. He's mm-hmm. the toughest judge. Yeah. yeah, and you've got to ha- you've got to have that element to the judging. It's You're funny. like the Simon Cowell. I am. Yeah. I but you know what? Like I call it like I see it, Kath. And there was a guy last year who, for all intents and purposes, should have won yep. the whole contest. No offense to you, nutty Irishman. Yeah, but his this on his championship flop, his knees went in first, yeah. and he had. He had said something to me afterwards. I said, check the tape. And he and he indeed checked the tape. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's good that he admitted. Yeah. yeah. So see what happens tonight. We'll be there. And like I said, doors open at 5 o'clock. So come on out. Uh, so yesterday, obviously, all the, uh, you know, the news uh, coverage of this uh, shooting took place in Tioga Nice Town was, uh, you know, constant and intense and uh, pretty wild. Uh, but it ended up in one of the best ways possible. I mean, people were injured, but no one killed. Just amazing, um, and yeah. So it was uh, it was pretty compelling stuff to to watch on television. It was scary, but you you couldn't take your eyes off of it. Yeah. So we we talked just before we do a conference call every night. And I Preston, uh, you know, we both got on the the conference call, and I said, you, you, "You're watching this," and you had not heard of it at that point. I had just gotten the alert. And um, then there were, you know, an active shooter situation. And then, you know, thinking about starting watching it at that point and then it finally ending close to midnight with mm-hmm. this guy coming out of this uh, this uh, this this shooter situation being, um, uh, you know, uh, s- stuck in the house and all of this stuff. And then the fact that when I saw in you see those words, six police officers shot, you know, oh, dear God. Yeah. And then to know that everyone is everyone's left the hospital, correct, Kathy? Yeah, all the all the police officers that were shot left. The the woman, um, the female officer who was in the car crash. I think that she is still in the hospital, or at least um, that's what was last said that she was still in the hospital. All right. So to answer your question uh, from earlier this morning when you were doing the news report, uh, I think Steve had asked. You know, you'd heard a couple of people were arrested besides the shooter who was pulled out. So we got a text from a Philadelphia police officer who wanted to remain anonymous. So take it for what it is. But had said, you know, they were serving a warrant and they had come in and they had gotten two people and they had um, 
arrested him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the guy started shooting. Oh, that's who was in custody. So okay. these were the other people that were in custody, apparently. So, so and they and they were caught up in it and stuck in there as well as those other couple of officers. So that's what a police officer texted in and told me. Thank you. Yeah, to clarify that. So throughout as it progressed throughout the evening, we were hearing things like this shooter, they were on the second floor. And again, all of this will come out. But I'm like, it's like you're watching a movie. I mean, you got to think about these are real people, real police officers who are doing this and dealing with this. And, you know, this 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 incredibly hypercritical situation. But when I was hearing one of the reports, apparently they said the guy was shooting through the 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 roof, the ceiling upstairs to the floor of the second floor where he believed the cops were because they were with two people they had arrested. So. Uh, he just kept firing like it was over hours. It it, it didn't stop. He he would the, he would go. He would fire at them, uh, and then I guess the you know it would calm down a bit, and then he would fire again at them. And they kept calling his cell. So somehow they had his phone number, and he would pick up but not talk. And then eventually they got his lawyer mm-hmm. on the phone. The, the the way the police handled this is just astonishing. They were they were able to turn this guy who I just I just assumed. To my heart, and to everyone's heart, it just seemed like he was gonna not going to go out alive. He just right. wanted to go out in a blaze. Yeah, but, well, there's been so many stories that yeah. end that way that, right. that it's easy to assume that something like that might happen, yeah. So the lawyer said, I'm, I, first, the lawyer said he was watching TV, didn't realize it was somebody that was a client of his, or that yeah. he, this guy has an extensive record, as you would well imagine. Yeah. And then he said to him, listen, I'm going to shut it off because I'm not going to watch you die. Basically, that's what he was saying to this guy. Whatever they did or however they were able to finesse this, they got him out. They fired tear gas, apparently, into the uh, the house. He came out. It was just about midnight, right, Kathy? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was around midnight. I was watching um, Walter Perez uh, for 6ABC got on the scene last night, and he was describing how difficult it was navigating that part of town. Just, as yeah. you would imagine, like so many streets were blocked off. And then he would say, then he said other streets... Uh, were completely empty. So I'm wondering what it was like in those neighborhoods because you had all the news helicopters floating around. And, That's and, an active residential area. Exactly, yeah. And so people uh, coming from and going to work and, and you know, kids coming home from uh, yeah. from their activities and whatever. So it, it, it just must have been really um, challenging just moving around to, in that part of town. To lock down an area that right. quickly and, and to make sure that people are safe and not going in how yeah exactly how do, do you, you do? how do you control that well nick that's what commissioner ross said that it's even more amazing obviously that these police officers are alive today but um the kids and the people that were on the street because it was the middle of the day it was about 4 30 in the afternoon i was watching the the video footage of it while it was live and i was doing a, a head count of all the cops that were there and i'm like there's like 50 police officers there or something like that so, and immediately I thought of was it Die Hard Three, yeah. where they where they have the uh, you know they distract all the police and they oh. all go to one area yeah. so they can rob the bank. I immediately thought, man, if you're a criminal, you can have a field day elsewhere, right mm-hmm. in and around that area, but not right in the middle of it because all the police officers are concentrated into that area. They said it looked like uh, just like a parking lot. There was police cars, there yeah. were police officers, and they were just parked there. Yeah. So CNN was going live of Fox News all the news stations were going live the nationals and the thing that we were talking about which are things you don't that you have to consider now is that the guy the shooter if he had access to a TV or his phone or whatever could be watching streaming video about what the police are doing outside I heard that he may have been doing that and that's why they they you know the the cameras backed off and and uh, took a little further uh, distance, uh, so they weren't tipping them off as there to where wa- the police were. There was a story that there was a guy, and I haven't heard much more about it, who is in, so directly behind that house where the shooter was, was a guy in his house. 
And so he couldn't go anywhere. It was, I think it was a man and his wife, and they right. said they were hiding upstairs. And they shut, so their motion activity light outside, I think he said he either broke it or, sh- or shut it off so that it wasn't going, you know, uh-huh. he yeah. wanted to uh-huh. just lay low. But you can't do anything. You, you're, you know, you're you're collaterally part of that. Mm-hmm. I have a, a love hate relationship with Twitter. Um, most of the time, I hate it, but it is still good for for breaking news. So I was following a lot with Twitter. Well, you know, going back and forth between the news reports last night, and then one thing started trending last night, and I, I got to ask about it because I didn't know what it meant. Um, apparently, at one point, they identified the shooter as John Wick. Uh, J-A-W-N oh Wick. God. And I didn't know where that started. I didn't know if it started from a news report or if it started on Twitter and... Uh, then, was somebody thinking they're clever? And then went on its own volition, yes. And and so it was... It's it, not the time for clever. That's yeah. what I was wondering. No, it's horrible when you see crap like that. But I, I didn't know if it started, Steve, with somebody on the news accidentally saying something like that, you know, because you know how when the, the news people have to fill time. They, they don't right. know what's going on, so they keep talking even if they're not quite sure what's going no, on. No, you're right. And... and, and and because of that, a lot of times things like this will that are just kind of ripped from right. social media end up being broadcast. Right. All right. So I'm getting a number of texts coming in that said that Boner Forever uh, got showed multiple times on national coverage of the shooting. It says Boner Forever building on Broad Street. Oh, is that the? Um, um, I know Boner Forever. What that is? Graffiti, I think. Oh, okay. is that what it is? Okay. All right. <laughs> Didn't see that. No, I did not see that. I missed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, you talk about Twitter. I was with um, a bunch of actually news reporters last night from uh, Fox, NBC, and ABC, and they were checking Twitter. Now, they, they were obviously on the phone with um, their station as well, but they were also kind of scrolling through Twitter to see what the latest update was, um, which I kind of thought was interesting. Yeah. They were the news outlet, and they were using Twitter. Sure. Well, t- and t- as you said, sometimes it can be a, a, an asset, and sometimes it can be a, only muck up the thing. Well, and sometimes those suspects will go on social media, yeah. the, you know, the guy, the right. perpetrator. Yeah. and Or do Facebook Live or, or a video and, and do it. And so they can glean information from that. You You're know? exactly right. And Preston, at the beginning of this whole thing, I had heard and it had been reported a couple of times that the actual the shooter himself was broadcasting on Facebook Live. Oh, really? His whole deal. But I, I never heard more after that. But you we probably live in, would have seen video by now. Yeah, we live in a day and age where, where that, that has happened. People have committed crimes live on Facebook. It's weird, man. It is super weird. Did you guys hear the um, the dispatch call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming and yelling. Of yeah. course, it's pandemonium. Horrific. Yeah. Do we have any of that audio over, Casey? Yeah. Yep. All right, here we go. The rear bedroom. We have one male handcuffed in the front bedroom, female and male in the rear bedroom. Male is still downstairs actively shooting. Multiple SWAT and long guns on location radio. Full breach is about to be made. Confirm one officer trapped second floor, possibly bathroom. That's correct, floor. He's in the bathroom. Receive. Have all officers maintain a position. Front perimeter secure. Unknown for rear because I'm in the front radio. All right. There's some there. There's some other audio of the people, you know, yelling when shots when. Well, when, when the officers, officers went down, yeah, yeah yep. it got pretty chaotic. Stop and think about when we just put together the belly flop challenge. We're on scene. Tra- well, where's this guy? Wait, 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 wait. Imagine this: the complexity of something like this, where you're you're trying to, you know, and it's a life or death situation. It just boggles the mind that they're able to do what they do. It also puts it into perspective. Yeah. Take it, you know, like relax. It's the belly flop contest, not six officers shot. Right, you know right. what I mean? Wow. Like yeah, yeah. what they go out and do every yeah, day is amazing. Of course, they train for it, you yeah. know, as well. So that's that's why they do what they do. What you do know? you mean they... we train for belly flop? No, <laughs> and it's still, but yeah, we, we still a screw job it up. of it though, right? <laughs> we train for that. You guys ever been in a uh, a lockdown situation before? I was and didn't know. 
know it. What happened? It, it, it was, it was, a, there was a crime. It, it, it was back all the way when I was in East Northport, Long Island. There was a, a crime and there was a domestic issue. And the guy apparently had a gun. And but I, no, no one told us. We only found out after the fact mm-hmm. that the general area was sort of on lockdown. It was, it was about half a block up from our house. It was a suburban, you know, thing. But, uh, yeah, you didn't know? No, what? No. What are you talking about? No, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, because if they shut down a whole, you know, street or two, you yeah. you will not go to your house and you've got to either I was, yeah. sit outside and wait or find somebody that can, you know. I was in my a, house. Have a hangout for a while. You can't play in the house. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, it was years ago. I don't, I don't know if it was ever a lockdown situation, but do, do you remember? I think we were actually at Y100 and I was like, I have to go. My neighbor's holding his mom hostage, and I left work. I don't remember that. Yeah, I, okay. I left. It was after the show. We were in the office, and I, you know, I hadn't been. That's with you when guys you were with long. SWAT. No, but you guys were like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. But it was a very. I mean, um, these people had been my neighbors for my entire life, and uh, they were very close to us. And my mom called like frantic and was like, not, "You know, you know me. I was going to go in and take care of it. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I left work and went home." And uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, SWAT team was there, and what ended up being the story uh, he just he had i mean they're they're both passed away now but he had drug issues and his mom was always trying to help him and he just kind of went a little nuts inside the house and was Whoa. holding her swatting everybody came out safe in that incident but yeah. um yeah it was um you know my parents were told because we were right you know across the street from them and they were told don't come out of the house and then we were like you know what you should sell your house now and move. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, I can't. So, you let's say you show up at you're heading home, and then there's a police tape down the 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 block, and you hear there's a situation, and your your family's at the house. Yeah. You're gonna panic. You're gonna yeah. want to get to them. Oh, I like automatically you go into like movie mode. Like, my family's down there. I need right. to get down there. Yeah, Kat's just putting on her, you know, yeah, her, my- her camo and <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff on her face. Meanwhile, the, if the it was whole, real, I'd be. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the I'll only... be a target. Yeah. You need me. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I ever experienced is me and uh, a friend of mine were driving through a uh, you know, suburban neighborhood, our neighborhoods that we lived in, and we pulled up and we saw two cop cars in front of a house. We didn't know anybody who lived there, and uh, we saw uh, uh, the officer go around to his trunk, and we pulled up, rolled down the window, and we were like, what's going on? And he turns, and he's got a shotgun, and he just goes... Get out of here. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yep, I was you got like, it. Okay. 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 <laughs> See ya. <laughs> uh, it's, o- it's okay, officer. We're in the image. <laughs> Preston, I, I think I was driving home from work one time, and uh, I don't know if you remember this. This was probably 13, 14 years ago. I called you. This was back when I lived in Phoenixville, and there was a, a barn uh, on my way home. It's no longer there. They knocked it down, and it's a, it's a neighborhood now. But um, there were 50 cops working on this place, and I said, Do you, can you give me Matt O'Donnell's number? Because I'm, I'm really curious as to what's going on. So I called Matt. You gave it to me. I called Matt. It was a training exercise. But the, oh, all, the, all yeah. of these cops were working on it and, yeah. and, like, just learning how to deal with situations like they were dealing yeah. with yesterday. How do you – I've been uh, – I'm sorry. No, uh, please. Steve, I, I was at a staging area before one of those exercises. I was in a, at a, a – uh, we were looking to buy a car. We were at a car lot, and there's, like <laughs> – there's like 40 cops oh, in the you parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, and they're wearing, you know, they're wearing the the, yeah. the, 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 tactical. the the tactical equipment and I'm like, "What the f is going on?" <laughs> yeah. This must be a hell of a sale. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were just preparing to do a training exercise. Right. That was their that was where they were going to meet and then go to wherever they needed to go. It was pretty wild. Stuff that comes to mind presence if you uh, if you travel out west where there are these long, you know, these long isolated roads and they have prisoners doing road work yeah. and you come upon that 
for through years of doing that sort of traveling out there, yeah. it's a move along, move oh, yeah. along. Right. Well, I yeah. told you guys when they were when they were getting ready to move to the uh, from uh, Greaterford to what's now Phoenix, the uh, the the prison out yeah. by me. Uh, I went by the Wawa one morning and I stopped off, and it was. 50 of the biggest individuals <laughs> I've ever seen. Right. I was like, is the steroid convention in town or what's going on? And they were they were getting ready to move all the prisoners from that morning uh, from uh, from Greaterford over to Phoenix. So these were the I forgot what you call them. I forgot that they, they have a, there's a uh, an acronym or something for the big this, mother efforts. This, That's uh, the name. This particular group of people. But I was like, wow, OK, uh, I'm just going to move along here. We're with the BMFs. Big mother efforts. <laughs> Uh, let me go to Kate on the line. Kate, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Kate? Hey, so, um, yeah, I was in a pretty crazy lockdown situation. Um, I was about 12 years old. I was home alone, waiting for my parents to come home from work. And I'm on the phone with my girlfriend, and I hear helicopters over my house, and I hear people outside yelling. I'm like, what the heck is that? So I go outside on my porch, and there's all these cops, and they're like, get inside, get inside. And I'm like, what's happening? So I run inside and I turn on the news and apparently there is a um, gun shop up the street for me. Um, someone had robbed it and shot and killed the owner. Oh, Whoa, man. And apparently had run through my backyard to get away. And they were looking for the um, murder weapon in my yard because he had, like, tossed it and ran. Whoa. And, by, and then my parents come home and they think the worst. They're like, oh, my God, what did she, like, burn down the house or something? <laughs> well, they're t- they spent the good part of the night, like, ripping down my gutters and everything, trying to find the murder weapon mm. at my house. That That is wild. So were you able to, to process that as a kid? I was just, like, scared as hell. I was, like, telling my friend, I'm like, stay on the phone with me. I don't know what's happening. Like, it was just insane. I, I didn't know how to process any of it. So I wonder, if does the protocol in, in that case, because, I again, I was, I was just completely unaware that anything was happening. It, it was probably a more casual... I don't know that there didn't seem to be police tape up when you know years ago in my neighborhood. But yeah. do they go door to door and just tell people to stay where they are, or know. Uh, you know how how do you handle that much? Yeah, I guess it's just. They... Yeah, I think they were like going around my whole neighborhood, like because at that point it was still fresh, it was still new, so they hadn't been able to like come to my house to tell me or tell anyone to stay inside or check if anyone was home. But, as, you know, as time passed, like, they were going around my neighborhood and telling everyone to stay inside. Yeah. There was cops driving around, like, doing the loudspeaker thing, like, no one come outside, stay oh. indoors. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Preston, Thanks, I, Kate. I think of the movie Patriots Day. I was, I was thinking, too. Yeah. 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 That, that whole, that, that Yeah, process. but they had to shut the city down. Yeah. And they were telling people, don't go outside. Yeah, the marathon bar. Flat out, don't go outside. And uh, and they were, you know, making sure that uh, that nobody was, uh, was you know, going to get into... A situation where they might be mistaken for somebody else and get hurt and all that. Uh, let me go to Megan. Hi, Megan. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's your story, Megan? Uh, I used to work at a hardware store in a little shopping center in Exton. And across the way was a cigar shop. And this guy used to sell that, like, fake weed stuff that was going around. Yeah. Around. Yeah. And then the... And then they eventually made it illegal. Well, I guess he continued to sell it, like, on the hush-hush. And I was there one time when the when the cigar shop got raided. And, I mean, there was dogs and, you know, I, it had to be 15 cop cars. Um, and they came out with a whole bunch of boxes of 
whatever this stuff was. And I guess the story was that some kids had gotten caught with it. And the cops were like, you know, if you tell us where you got it, we want, you know, you won't be in any trouble. And they dimed this guy out. And the, the shop's still open, which blows my mind. So did, did they lock your office down? Were you, were you told to stay within the, the building? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole the whole shopping center. We weren't allowed to leave. Wow. I, 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 right, do you thanks, find Megan. I guess, you know, do they go but ahead? I have a pedicure appointment. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. And my favorite girl is working today. <laughs> be Casey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's tra- it's Eagles are back at training camp. Let me go to Scott, who's been around some shootouts recently. Hi, Scott. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, man. So it says here you've been. It says you've been in the middle of two shootouts this past month. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. And um, West Philly over on Cambridge Ave, I was working. Um, I had a bunch of guys in the house. I pulled up. To drop material off and all the guys came out a uh a van pulled up in the street behind me so like their passenger door was like at the back of the bed of my truck mm-hmm. and a van pulled up opened the door and started shooting at the kids sitting on the porch Whoa. oh my god and then the van you know took off and all the kids on the porch ran into the middle of the street straight standing right at my driver door shooting at the van that pulled away dude so you're okay. in the middle of a drive-by shooting and a, uh, a return fire. Wow. Yeah, listen, it was it was crazy. Before, like, it wasn't, I don't know, I'm used to it because I work in Camden and Philly. Yeah. I see, it, I see it all the time. But now that I have a son, I was actually, like, scared. Like, my kids, too. So I was like, oh, man, we're getting out of here. So I got everybody and I left. And then, like, two, three weeks later, I was in Chester, which is a bad area that I work. And, um... There was a fight across the street, like 15, 20 kids. They're all fighting, fist fighting. I said to my guy, I'm like, come on, let's get out of here because they're going to start shooting at each other. Yeah. No sooner did I say that, they all just started shooting. Mm. Scott, that's I, – I don't know. I mean, you know, like like – I. If if I skid a little bit, if I hydroplane a little bit, I have to pull over. <laughs> now, how, how do you come back from that? You know that that's got to that's got to just totally just knock you off your feet. Yeah, it's insane. Every area that I work in is all gang and drugs all over Camden. Like, we see it on a regular basis. But Wow. Uh, then, more and more recently, it's been getting scarier and scarier. And then, Scott, I'll bet, let's say, you know, you, you, people are shooting around you. You're in your truck. You floor it to get out of there. And then you could hit somebody. You could, yeah. you know what I mean? You could yeah. all of a sudden end up in a situation as well. Yeah. Yeah, but both times I was boxed into where I couldn't leave. I just had to, you know, duck down to the passenger seat for a second. Wow. So with that happening to you, does it blow your mind that, that it's the, the police officers are the ones that run towards this to, to stop this from happening? You know, you're you're there, like, freaking out. You know, it, it, it's an amazing thing to see to see what they're responsible for, what they have to do. Uh, I, because, again, we've talked about this, Preston. When you, when you see something like... Uh, when a gun when a gun goes off or there's a fist fight, we're so used to seeing things through the prism of movies. When you're seeing it in reality, it's it's nothing like it. It's nothing like what you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's way different. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let me go to. Uh, let's see, we got a lot of calls here. Um, how about uh, Liz? Hi, Liz. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Liz? Um, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Well, same to you. So. Uh, a few years ago, um, I lived in Delco in Norwood, and we had the cops converge on our neighborhood because a woman had been driving erratically, and she was 
pulled over by a cop, tried to run him down, and ended up in our neighborhood. But our street is a circle. So they converged on the neighborhood. We could see it from our kitchen window, um, the intersection, and they blocked off the intersection, and she would drive our circle. And every time they would do something to try to stop her, the first time they kind of tried to um, mash out her driver's side window, and that didn't happen, and she went around the circle again because, of course, she was unfamiliar with the area, so <laughs> she didn't know it was a circle. Then- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why do I keep saying that, seeing the same police? <laughs> second time around, they actually stood in front of her car and shot at it. I assume they were shooting at the, the radiator to try and get the car to stop. And then the third time around, um, she kind of, like, hit one of their police cars, went up through somebody's yard to get out of the neighborhood finally, and then about a mile away in, in Glen Olden caused a really bad accident. So, oh. so are you... But it's really, it's really scary when you see the cops actually doing this stuff right. 50 yards from your kitchen window. So you were, you were witness to a good portion of it yes yeah wow wow yes. what are you, are you on love lane yes actually <laughs> Casey, you've driven that circle many times uh, <laughs> look just, it's the Eiffel tower yeah there's yeah. uh there's uh, yeah, Thanks, I, Liz. i'm so smart when it comes to delco <laughs> <laughs> like, the second she said circle i'm like i think i know that street <laughs> i'm so smart when it comes to delco <laughs> Are you guys not impressed? I am impressed. But I, 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 you know, unless it's, so is it, it's a, it's a traffic circle. Uh, no, no, it's no. A it's a closed circle? It's, How it's, does anyone ever leave? <laughs> no, there's, there's a, you know, one way in, one way out. But okay. it is, it's in the middle of a neighborhood. This lady really had to work her way and she clearly had no idea where she was going. Uh, and just, I mean, it, the, the fact that she got there is just bad luck. Man. Right, yeah, I yeah. mean, she had to make all the wrong turns just to get there. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at a, uh, uh, a map a circle. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's a circle around that. Park Avenue is a circle, too, Casey. Mm-hmm. And then look, Park- Chris, right in the middle of it all is a huge gloved hand. West Martin Lane. No, that's the icon. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's a, a, that's a cursor uh, for this. Uh, Casey, maybe you should go back to, if we play Crackshot again, as uh, Delco is your, uh, is your subject. No, I'm not. Expertise. I'm, they, they always but find so the, smart. the chink in my armor. Oh, okay. It happens. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, thankfully, nobody killed. No. No yeah. citizens, even a scratch. Miraculous, uh, miraculous. As well during yeah. this uh, shootout, and uh, and everybody went home. So that's a that's a good thing. It's a good and and even the suspect lives, so they can, you know, have this guy face justice and everything. And and uh, so it was. Uh, aside from the injuries, it was one of the best possible outcomes of something that could be deadly. Yeah, and wasn't deadly. So uh, kudos to the Philadelphia police. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. Don't forget, we have an emoji code, a chance for you on a $1,000 Best Buy gift card, along with uh, the uh, exclusive limited edition Avengers Assemble Steelbook and all four Avengers films, courtesy of BestBuy.com and the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So go take a look at what the emoji code is at PrestonAndSteve.com. In a little while, we'll have you call in and try and win that by deciphering it. We'll be back in a moment. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. 
Thanks, Kathy. Uh, Marissa is headed to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair for the first time in her life on Saturday. I think she's going to love it. I think so, too. And it looks like a beautiful day weather-wise, so it's going to be great to be there. And we have not only tickets, but we also have bus transportation for you and a friend on Saturday from here at WMMR, should you like uh, a ride. We can do that. I love this because this is authentic. During the Renaissance, that's the only way they could travel. By bus. By bus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to give away four of these, four pairs of tickets, and we'll start with caller number seven, and we'll go from there, 215-263. WMMR, so 7, 8, 9, and 10. You will win the passes. And keep in mind that you can celebrate Her Majesty's Coronation Day, Saturdays and Sundays at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, right off Turnpike, exit 266. Discount tickets at parenfair.com. Uh, so call right now. We'll have more of those to give away. We have a lot of stuff to give away between today and tomorrow. So stay close. One of the things we're doing the Avengers Endgame home release promotion, we're doing the emoji code. All right, so the code is set up at PrestonSteve.com. Casey used a series of emojis. It, spe- it spells out a phrase, a word, something. You have to decipher it and hang on to that, and then we'll ask you to call in a little while. The winner today, just like we had, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday? Uh, day before. Day before. $1,000 Best Buy gift card, along with the uh, the uh, limited edition, edition Avengers Assembled Steel book. And four Avengers films on digital, 4K, Ultra, HD, Blu-ray, and Blu-ray. So get on that because we don't want you to miss your opportunity. Uh, without telling me what it is, do you know what the second symbol is in this code? I do. That's I one could, of the only ones. Yeah, did that you I, figure that out? Yeah. I still don't know what it is. Yeah, I'll... Uh, Right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the speed on that in a moment right, because Casey's right. used, he's used it before. He had to tell me what it was one time, but all I right. do know what that is. All right, we're going to do the Bizarre Five. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. And this morning's B-File brought to you by French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville with everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond. All the big name brands, they have them. So visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional information. French Creek Outfitters. Why take a chance with anybody else? Daytona Beach police say they've arrested a man on suspicion that he used nunchucks and roach spray on his neighbors. (laughs) Nunchucks and roach spray. Both of them. He knows both the tricks of the ninja. Officers say Larry Adams initially or intentionally sprayed five people and threatened to shoot them on Monday. Two witnesses told police they originally left their apartment to tell neighbors to lower the volume of the music coming from a car outside (laughs) their building. The uh, people inside the car told officers they were celebrating uh, their 18th birthday of one of them. Adams also left his apartment around 1 a.m. and was verbally combative with the group by the car. The victim told police Adams cursed at them, made threats to the group, and even threatened to shoot them. The group began to argue with Adams, and that's when the 61-year-old pulled out the can of roach spray <laughs> and sprayed him down. Now, you're going to love this, okay? okay. So Adams then proceeded to threaten the victims with nunchucks. The victims evaded the attack, and instead, <laughs> Adams struck the car. The nunchucks... Bounced back and struck him in the forehead. <laughs> I love it. Is tell me there's footage. And unfortunately, there's not. Oh, it's some of my favorite footage is when that stuff happens. Adams opted to call nine one one, as did two of the victims. Officers say they found Adams with a small cut to his forehead. Upon checking his home, they found one nunchuck, a can of pepper spray, and one empty can of roach spray. There's footage. I think it's on the site uh, only in Russia. Twitter, you know. Yeah. And there's a guy, Preston, takes a baseball bat to a car, 
slams it down in that bat, ricochets right back into his forehead. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Police arrested Adams on aggravated battery and aggravated assault charges. I was obsessed with nunchucks when I was a kid. I wanted them so bad. I Those made my and, own. And Chinese stars, I wanted them so bad. My um, mom's like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> sure, play with these. A South Florida mother who was upset about her children being rezoned to another school uh, threatened to shoot up the new school just as the academic year began. So maybe that'll fix the problem. We can see you're upset by this. Miranda Perez was arrested Sunday on an intimidation charge for threatening a mass shooting. That's all she gets? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. A uh, friend had called authorities after video chatting with Perez. He told deputies Perez was upset over rezoning. Uh, to relieve overcrowding at their old school, she mentioned wanting to friend Zachary Cruz on Facebook because she, quote, likes violent things. Mm-hmm. Reports say Perez also spoke of Zachary's older brother, Nicholas Cruz, who was accused of the 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Uh, Perez remains in the county jail without bail. Investigators say a Florida man sent a woman 10 thousand text messages over 12 days. Wow. Officials say many of the wow. texts sent by the 48-year-old <laughs> Nicholas Nelson were sexually explicit and threatening. An arrest affidavit says the woman knows Nelson through a friend but had rarely spoken to him when the text began arriving on April 5th. In one exchange, Nelson sent a picture of what appeared to be an airport parking ticket and said he would, quote, start blowing up planes to prove his point. Uh, Nelson was arrested in Georgia and returned to Florida on Saturday, and he asked the judge to lower his uh, half a million dollar bond on aggravated stalking charges, but they kept the bond in place. The judge said they believed there was cause for concern. Threatening to blow up planes? Uh, Yeah. Kind of makes you appreciate those D-picks. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Four people arrested after a violent fight, including a woman uh, who said she was cut with a beer bottle and her eyes were glued shut. (laughs) What? Yeah. It happened early Saturday morning in White County, Georgia. Uh, a- Amy York said, I could feel my eyes burning. They were stuck together. I couldn't open them. Ah, my eyes! Investigators said Amy York couldn't open her eyes because she had super glue poured on them in the middle of a fight. Somebody managed to glue her eyes shut in the middle of a fight. You gotta commend them. That's a tough move. So Amy York said that she and her ex... Now try to follow this, Okay. She and her ex-husband's ex-girlfriend, Rebecca Tyler, agreed to meet to fight after Tyler said some mean things about her children. Them's fighting words. Tyler brought along her daughter, Brooke Phillips, and her daughter's boyfriend, Kenneth Tatum. Casey York, Amy York's ex-husband, and Rebecca Tyler's ex-boyfriend, came to help break up the fight. Oh, boy. He said that uh, he saw Amy get hit with a broken beer bottle. Almost tore her earlobe off, he said. She had 15 stitches. They had to sew it back on. So all four were arrested for fighting. Tyler faces an additional charge of aggravated assault. York said, though, even though she went to the hospital and to jail, it was worth it. She said, nobody messes with her children. She said, even though I got arrested, I don't shed one tear. I had a smile on my face in that mugshot. Time to pay the fiddler, whore! (laughs) Investigator said Kenneth Tatum took the video of the evidence uh, of the fight on his phone, and that video is not part of police evidence, though. So, uh, yeah. must Well, they worked it out. What a lovely day. Yeah. (laughs) But that you could whip crazy glue with that kind of accuracy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, In St. Louis, thieves broke into Martin Casas' storage locker and snatched his comic book collection. But then they took the comics to a local comic shop to sell them. Thing is... Kassaz actually owns that shop that they're trying to sell them to. That's a problem. So a woman called within days of the storage locker burglary and asked if Apothesis 
might want that's the name of the, the yeah. store, might want to buy a box of her comics. Encouraged by a store employee, she dropped off the box on Friday for review and left her name and phone number. Well, Kazaz arrived shortly after. Uh, she left to see what she had brought. And as soon as he saw the box, he knew because he had written Cap on the one side, designating it as a box of Captain America comics. Inside, he searched for one particular comic, the third installment of the Captain America Truth series. He had gotten it years ago and knew that his copy had a small red mark on the corner. Oh, man. So he called the cops first, and then he called the woman. She apparently had no idea. She was trying to sell the comics back to the rightful owner, so he played dumb. And he said, this is a great collection. Uh, You got at least a couple hundred dollars worth in comics here. And he arranged a meeting for her the next morning. Before he hung up, he asked if she might have any more as he was interested in buying whatever he could for the shop. And, in fact, she said, yeah, she'd recently come into a lot of comics. Oh, just by happenstance. <laughs> she said, me and my boyfriend, we do storage units. Oh, they do. Kazaz uh, 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 made an appointment with a woman to... <laughs> well, that what a coincidence. I have a storage unit. <laughs> ...to cut a deal. When she showed up, police were waiting. They arrested her and her boyfriend, who was waiting outside. And apparently the couple later revealed where to find the rest of the collection. So he ended up getting his comics back. Do you think the police have an undercover comic book division? Maybe they do. <laughs> All right, and there you go. Uh, that's what I got for you in the Bizarre File this morning. So let's give something else away. I told you we had a lot of stuff to give away. We're going to give away some beverages. I got beers. We're going to give away a case of Yards Philly Pale Ale. Hoppy, citrusy, and refreshing. It's summer's best beer. You can find Philly Pale Ale in bottles and cans wherever Yards beers are sold, including House of Brews, American Grill in Blackwood. Uh, caller number 14 at 215-263-WMMR. It's got to be at least 21 years of age. We can set you up with that case of beer. So give us a call right now. Going to take a break. Uh, John Roy, comedian, performing at Helium Comedy Club tonight. It's going to be stopping by in a little while. That and more coming up when we return. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, today is August 15th, and August 15th, 1969, 50 years ago on this very date... The Woodstock uh, uh, Festival happened. Woodstock took place on this day it began. Unbelievable. uh, The 50 years ago, yeah, amazing. I I just watched the extended, the Academy Award winning documentary movie Woodstock, which has some of those uh, big iconic footage that we've seen, uh, and there's extended stuff. And um, it's amazing and wonderful, and um, I also know that with every ounce of my being, I would have hated being there. It depends. Because it was a sloppy, smutty freaking mess. Yeah, but if I was like, you know, 19, 20 years old, I would yeah. have loved wallowing around in that mud. And, it would have been and, uncomfortable. And being in my own <laughs> filth for a couple of days. By the way, before we get into the full discussion, because we're playing the song, Woodstock yes. and Crosby, Sills, and Nash, I, I did something that I've been meaning to do for decades. I actually looked up the lyrics of this song. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I never could figure out this. Hang on. <laughs> That line right there, which right after it goes, we are stardust, we are golden, I'd always gone, we are bang, <laughs> Do you know what that lyric is? No. no. I looked it up. It is, we are stardust, we are golden, we are billion-year-old carbon. 
Oh, oh, I knew that. I like it. I just I assumed. Never would have gotten that. Now, your, Joni, who wrote that? Joni, Joni Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. In, in the in the last uh, chorus, they say we're caught in the devil's bargain. I knew that. All right, but All I right. never knew. I'd always mumble through the other one, and they say it twice. We are billion year old carbon. Huh. I've been. Yeah, uh, that's pretty wild. Um, Sweet Judy, blue eyes too. I have oh. those words. I don't know. It's and it's one could be one of my all time favorite songs. Ah! I know that part. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. You do, the end? Yeah, well, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Some of it's in Spanish, right? Uh, it is. Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm going to run down some of the highlights. Kathy, you were going to say something about Woodstock? Well, it's funny. Steve said that he thought that he would have hated it, the mess and all of that. Uh, that was my story that I was talking about earlier with my dad. He went. He was there and hated it. Didn't even stay for a full day. He said he climbed the fence and left. No. So, so yeah. at the point he got there, they were already broaching the fence because they, they, you you were. And, we, you know, as the story goes, you're going to relay it, Preston, obviously. Uh, you could purchase tickets. It was a big ticket push. In fact, we ran commercials uh, on MMR yeah. for purchasing tickets for the original Woodstock uh, so many years ago. But at a certain point, it became clear. It's funny. If you stop and think about the legend of the promoter, the guy who just tried to promote the the anniversary concert and failed, the original Woodstock, for all intents and purposes, was a failure because they, they lost you know the, the the amount of money. It, it became a free concert after a while. Now it became a legendary concert, but it was not exactly what they'd planned. Did it because did it become a free concert because too many people they showed up? They were breaking up? through the fences. Too many people showed up. The, okay. the 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 New York State Thruway was just blocked traffic. It, it, it was far more than they thought would attend. Uh, my parents did attend as well, Kath, and um, my dad and mom bought their tickets, and they were there for a couple of days, and they uh, they'd had enough. They, Did they, they go separately or were they together? They were the together. Time? They were oh, dating. Cool. And oh, wow. uh, they went to college in Upstate PA. They went to Lycoming University, which is in Williamsport. So it's not too far from the New York border. And they would actually go up to New York to, to party and, and hang out with uh, friends that were uh, in that part of the world as well. So they heard about this music festival. They were a fan of some of the bands. You and- just met a guy who's banging Janice Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> kind of dad. They were kind of hippies. And uh, so they decided to go and bought the tickets. Uh, then the fences started getting crashed and people started coming in and, and Overwhelming it, and it was. Did he indicate terrible how, weather? How how soon uh, the the fences started coming down? Because I I got the impression you get the impression in the documentary in the movie that it's quick. Yeah, I think it's within the the first day. Yeah, and, and were they camping in the concert grounds, or was there a separate camping area? Do you know? I don't. Know. I think they were staying right there. Yeah, okay. they were because um, uh, it was very loosely organized. Yeah, so my parents uh, were there for a day and a half, something like that, and then took off. They they'd had enough. And I think nobody knew at the time, of course, what a legendary thing this was going to become. Yeah. I remember, though, I remember being a little kid and and be, but hearing the news reports and seeing on the local news, um, you know, uh, the, the traffic backed up. Sure. People, them, them admonishing you not to try to get there. Uh, it was pretty wild. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to a festival-type concert like this? No. Not no. like this. I mean, I've been to Made in America. I know you went to Woodstock 99. I was at Woodstock 99 and a couple of different uh, fish I went to Muppets concerts. on Ice. Music is fun. <laughs> and actually, yesterday was the uh, anniversary of the Fish Coventry concert, which was supposed to be their last concert See, ever. Went before you know they were breaking up. You will do this, and you will savor it, and you will you will know how to play it right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the deal for people who really something like this is just to have been a part of it. You're right, Preston. If you if you're of that age and of that that sort of you know uh, hippie society that was uh, forming. Um, it was it was the place to be, but oh, yeah. uh, I just don't. I, I a concert wears out its welcome. I think in the fifty first hour. <laughs> uh, well, and and also keep in mind the times as well. You're talking about the turbulent sixties. There was a lot of. I mean, we're going yeah. through turbulent times now, 
And uh, this was a, a a big thing for the youth of America to try. That's why everybody wanted to be there. Peace, we were going to get together. Yeah. Peace, love. Let's just have a good time. And and uh, and it was huge, man. So I, I I pulled up, and we have some clips to play as well uh, from from back in the day. But um, I pulled up the entire list of every single performer. Thirty two acts had uh, performed through that weekend. And some of the interesting things are, uh, like, the length of time they played. You know, because sometimes you go to the festival shows, like we put it now with the MMRBQ, and bands will play, like, 45 minutes, something like that, and then you get to the next yeah. band. So some of these guys are playing a couple hours. As I recall, and it's depicted in the movie because of technical issues and getting certain bands out on stage and so on and so forth, like, Richie Havens played much longer than he was supposed to play. Mm. Yeah, well, he was the very first act to play. Yeah. So the first day, Friday, August 15th, uh, had started off as more of... It was kind of like a warm-up thing. They started off with the folky acts. Yes. And then they eventually got into the heavier stuff. So Richie Havens opened first at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. He played for about an hour. By the way, how that dude ever ended up with his fingers intact? Oh, man. Yeah. He beats the crap out of yeah, the guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's awesome, yeah. that performance. And then... So I'll go through now... Um, there was only who was up next? Swami Satchidananda. What the hell am I doing here? Uh, he gave the invocation for yeah. the festival. He was a swami. Uh, then you had Sweetwater play. Some of these bands I don't remember. Uh, Bert Summer came on after that. He's a vaudeville comic. Then uh, <laughs> then Tim Harden, uh, Ravi Shankar. Yes, uh, played a legendary uh, sitar uh, performer. Uh, Melanie Safka. So this is all, you know, the uh, the folk stuff. Then you had Arlo Guthrie. Okay, I know that one name. Who was one of the first uh, legendary performers uh, to jump up, and uh, he had a great set. It's just one stage, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. One yeah, main exactly. super huge effing stage. Yep. And then uh, Joan Baez closed the first day. She played. She didn't go on until 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Oh. Yeah. So Arlo Guthrie was at about midnight, and he played till about uh, 12.30 and then uh, Joan Baez came on. So also remember, you're out there. The, the the people are there, like out in the in the elements the whole freaking day. Yeah. I think that was a fairly sunny day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't. One of the yeah. days it did rain. They, yeah. had, they had some rain issues, but um, she her her last two songs, uh, "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." Yeah. And then she went into We Shall Overcome. So it was a real, you know, okay. very, very folky. All right. So I don't know where in the state Woodstock is. Mm-hmm. It is is it like right in the center of the state? Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't in Woodstock, right? It was in Socrates? So- yes. Okay. Yep. Well, wherever yeah. it was, is that right in the middle of the state? Is it north? It, north. Okay. Yeah. Because temperature-wise, I would figure, uh, you know, mid-August, it's probably nice during the day. Yeah, it was comfortable. Cool yeah. at night. It was, it was a little... Could get hot. Hot. Yeah, yeah. steamy, they said, you know. Uh, so Saturday, August 16th, the Sunday, August 17th, the day opened at one uh, twenty p.m. However, performance to start a little before that, Quill played at noon. We are Quill! Uh-huh. Followed by Country Joe McDonald. That's one of the uh, classy performances. Yeah, I'm trying to. I don't, I don't know any of the songs, unfortunately. Some of the some of the bands I'm not familiar. Country with. Joe and the Fish, right? Yep. Is no. that going up the country? No, yeah. country, country. No, no that's Canned Heat. Oh, uh, Country Joe McDonald. Oh, Country Joe so McDonald. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then Santana performed, and Santana was was fairly unknown at the time. In fact, they had to sort of um, finagle to get on the bill, as I recall oh, the really? legend going, and. Uh, Amazing, amazing performance. He got paid $750. Yeah. I, I saw that yesterday. Uh, I have a clip from uh, Michael Shreve, who was the drummer, played the drum kit, because there's three three percussionists in the band. 
Michael Shreve did a drum solo that to this day, yeah, it's astonishing. It, it's just if you ever go back and watch it, you're like, dude. Guy was fantastic. Here's a clip of him talking about them performing at Santana. Bill Graham got us on the bill at Woodstock for 500 bucks. We didn't make much money, but it was the biggest break of our career. And ever since then, everything I've ever done since, everybody said, man, I saw your Woodstock. I loved it. (laughs) I'm walking down Fifth Avenue. People are saying, man, what happened? You got old. I said, man, I was 18 years old. You know, you got old, too. We do Uh, have uh, Santana playing if you want to listen a little bit. Sure, yeah, go ahead and play a little bit. This is at uh, Woodstock. Uh, that's what Mercer was telling me. Oh, cool. This is Evil Ways. You got to change your evil ways. That's awesome, dude. So they played about a 45-minute uh, set, uh, and then after them was uh, John Sebastian. John Sebastian, welcome back. Yeah, but yeah. But he's totally tripping out. Yeah. This is so beautiful. Everybody's beautiful. I'm wearing cut. Yeah, that's Was he saying like, that on stage? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I can love it. It's beautiful. Was he, John Sebastian was in Love and Spoonful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I so believe so. He played, and then you had the, the Keith Hartley band. My name is Keith. (laughs) This is Harry. I'm sorry, I got punched when I was six. (laughs) Keith (laughs) Keith and Theodore and And this is Steve (laughs) and Theory. You would probably say Harry. Mm. Uh, Then the Incredible String Band was after that and performing at 7.30 in the evening was Canned Heat and they did uh, Going Up the Country. Going Up the Country. Uh, they also did On the Road Again, which is another big hit of theirs. Uh, so after them, Mountain came up and played. Mountain with uh, uh, Leslie, West. Leslie West, the great mm-hmm. guitarist. Yep, yep. Uh, and then at 10.30 p.m., The Grateful Dead came on. Now, in comparison, a lot of these bands played you know, like 9, 10, 12 songs. The Dead played five songs. <laughs> How long did they play uh, An hour and a half. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I was looking, They, I think those guys, and there was a thousand people in that band. I don't know if there was a thousand at that time, but um, they got paid like $2,000, $2,500. I think they, they, they were better known. Like, like, yeah. like, and when you get to like the Who, the Who was sort of a crapshoot. They were not, uh, you know, they, they were less of a draw. Uh, but the um, if you watch the movie, by the way, which is shot in a really interesting way because there's on the screen, there are two screens yeah, going, and then so they go to full screen, and then small. Yeah, so it's it's. I used to hate it. Now I sort of like it. Do you? Yeah, because it bothered me it, too. It bothered the f out of me when it first came out, but now I've I've come to appreciate it because you're seeing um, Preston. They, they they are so they are so high. Oh, I know, so high. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, acid and the right. whole deal. How they're even taking the stage at all is miraculous. So the dead played from ten thirty till twelve a.m. and then after them came Creedence Clearwater Revival. And here's what John Fogarty had to say about about following the dead. I didn't think we stole the show. The idea when you go to play something big like that is there's kind of a gentle competition going on. You uh, try to do your very best. Hopefully, you, you know, be memorable. But our performance at, at Woodstock was kind of overshadowed by things beyond our control, mainly having followed the Grateful Dead 
and the Grateful Dead had put a half a million people asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we were pretty put upon to wake them all up again. So, Steve, you've been watching the documentary on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, did, did you get to the Grateful Dead part? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's additional... I forget the different configurations, Casey, because the original theatrical release omitted some bands, and then they're like... Um, some are, are put back in the extended version. There's, there's just hours and hours of footage that was shot. Yeah, I just wanted to look at the uh, the, the set list from the Grateful Dead. So they started with St. Stephen. There's a couple of these songs that I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, um, man, five songs an hour and a half. Uh-huh. What's the math on that? Uh, how many songs per minute or how many minutes per song? 90 minutes. Uh, Divided by five. five. 15. Yeah. What's that? 18 minutes. 18 per- minute yeah. long songs. <laughs> yeah. If if, if there was equality amongst the songs. Well, yeah, no kidding. Some are longer There could have been an probably. 89 minute song yeah. and then and then four yeah. 20 no, seconds. A medley. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, I said it was in Socrates. I was I was way wrong. It was Bethel, New York, which is in not in upstate New York at all. So it's uh, oh. actually. Um, it's pretty southern. Yeah, it's, it's not too far from. Uh, you know, northern Pennsylvania, Scranton, Wilkesbury area. I've okay. been to I've been to that area many times. I always got the impression that it was is further north. No, no, it's way south. All right, and then after Creedence not going on till two a.m. That's when Janis Joplin hit the stage. Oh wow! Yeah, where so, was my dad? Yeah, where was your dad? <laughs> what what day? Uh, this was. I just had the best sex of my life. <laughs> this would have led into Sunday, but I think, the, I think but it was gone. But didn't start till two a.m. Two a.m. All right, uh, we have a clip of Janice. Yes, it's her uh, piece of my heart. This is her second to last song in the set, and it wasn't Big Brother and Holding Company. It was with the Cosmic Blues Band. The Cosmic Kids. Those are different lyrics. Oh, well, it didn't give another that I ever had to give. Oh, you know I did. But each time I tell myself that, I think I've had enough I'm gonna show you, baby, that it won't She only lived uh, just a little well, over a year after that, and uh, she was gone. I, I initially was not a big Janis Joplin fan, and then uh, came to appreciate her. And I always think of that iconic footage of her at the Monterey uh, Pop, Festival. Pop Festival, yeah, with uh, Mama Cass and the, all the other musicians going, going "Oh my Whoa. god, yeah!" <clears throat> so for a, a 1969 concert, uh, that's that's some pretty damn good audio. I mean, yeah, like they, I agree. They, they mic'd it really well, and Nick, they had. You're right. The fact that they were all as stoned as they were, and yeah. were able to pull that together, <laughs> and then the film crew, which is going on, and I, I remember reading about. So some of the film crew was dressed in black so that they would not distract but they were not they were so they were literally on the stage walking around the artists yeah. as they were getting a lot of this footage cuz uh, you see like uh, the stones at Altamont and things like that and, and it's not great concert footage no you know this is much better yeah and in fact hang on a second here um i think it was uh, yeah pull up the neil young clip uh, casey cuz he talks about and a lot of these are 
Uh, these are uh, interviews well past uh, the yeah. whole Woodstock experience. But this was Neil Young talking about the uh, the film, Steve. The thing about it that wasn't so beautiful to me was the filming. I thought that these guys with their cameras all over the stage were like in the way of the music and the people. And they were a distraction. We're playing and they're right here, you know, with a camera going like this. And I'm so I told them, you know, don't come near me. I have a very heavy guitar. If you come near me, I'm going to hit you with it. <laughs> Just stay off my part of the stage and don't let me ever see you. And I got really upset with them right away. And I weighed like 110 pounds at the time, you know, so I was not much of a threat, but I was uh, intense. You know, but but without that movie, I, I don't know if it's, it's legend would have lived, but... No, the, the movie, the, the accuracy, you're and, right, and being able to get a feel for what it was like, it wouldn't exist because know? that movie went on to become a part of so many midnight screenings and 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 all of these things that that let it live on, mm-hmm. and it was a it was an Oscar winner, it was huge, yeah. And you're right, Preston, it it really helped cement the legend. So Janice played from two to three a.m. and then mm. after that, Sly and the Family Stone came on. They were huge they went on at the at time. Three? They, went they went on at three thirty. They the switched, morning. though, with the Gibbons kids. <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't know that. They wow. went on at 3.30 a.m., and they were a big, showy band. Yes. You know, Bootsy Collins and, right, yeah. and everybody. So they played till 4.20 in the morning. <laughs> it's uh, just insane. This is the one that blows me away. So then The Who comes up. They start their set at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. You remember that? Iconic classic Who at Woodstock footage is mm-hmm. just an unbelievable. That's five o'clock in the morning. And I remember hearing a story because apparently Jimi Hendrix was off stage watching them and uh Pete smashes his guitar. Yeah, yeah. And somebody turns to Jimmy and goes, That dude's stealing your act right there. You know, because <laughs> yeah. it, it may have been the first time that I, I'm I may be way off base. But it may have been about the time that, that he started smashing stuff. I, I'm not 100% sure because Jimmy had made his presence known about smashing guitars. And, and setting guitars. them on fire. Yeah, all that stuff. So up to that point, Pete Townsend's thing on stage would be to build basically a Dagwood sandwich. Oh, yeah. Man. While okay. the concert was going on. Uh, and it just wasn't resonating with the audience. and Because uh, it's just not you're just making a sandwich. But then when the guitar got smashed, everyone went nuts. By the way, they uh, uh, diametrically opposed to the, the, the Grateful Dead. They played 22 songs. <laughs> uh, but it says they only played for a little over an hour. But but some of those were from Tommy. So they were, yeah. you know, like, uh, they were short. Like Sparks. Yeah, is, yeah, exactly. amazing. Yeah, so they uh, they did, I guess they did all... Of Tommy. Yeah, they did all of it, Steve. Did they? Because they went through um, uh, It's a Boy, 1921, Amazing Journey, Sparks, Eyesight to the Blind, Christmas, The Acid Queen, Pinball Wizard. Uh, do you think it's all right? Fiddle about. There's a doctor I've found. Go to the mirror. Smash the mirror. I'm free. Tommy's holiday camp. We're not going to take it. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty the, much everything. That's the whole damn thing, man. Do, do you think they slept before that or they stayed up all night? Probably they're rock stars. Yeah. That's probably when they're... The most awake. My guess know. is they uh, went to church first and then they... <laughs> yeah. uh, so the day wasn't over. There was a little bit of a break there. And then Jefferson Airplane came on at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. And uh, they did their show. And Could you imagine uh, attending a, rock, a full-blown festival rock concert at 8 a.m. at 5.30 uh-uh. in the morning? Uh-uh. Uh, so they played till uh, 9.40 a.m. So, you know, the sun's fully yeah. up at that point. And... Uh, after that, then, then everyone's that, having their pop tarts. That leads into su- or Sunday into Monday. 
And then the first band to play that day was a band called the Grease Band. I don't know who that is. Grease Man. The Grease Band. They only played two songs. <laughs> Grease Lightning and uh, Beauty School Dropout. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, then Sha-na-na was at the uh, they were they but they they I'll, I'll get they, yeah. uh, they they came later they came later in the show than I thought they did I thought they were one of the first bands to play but they weren't they were near the end uh, at two p.m. Joe Cocker came on great classic performance absolutely and he ended with a little help from my friends you know which is just an awesome awesome version but but it within his set. You know, he did Feeling All Right and... Uh, Oscar Mayer song. The Oscar Mayer Wiener song. Um, question about that. I wish I was a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a wiener? God, I love Joe Cocker, man. Did, um... He's so good. Yeah. He, he was. Prior to that performance, was the uh, his version of the Beatles song... Known or was that like I the think first it was. time? Okay. I, I think it was. Uh, it, it's it's just a great version. Yeah. yeah. After Joe's set, a thunderstorm came in and uh, disrupted the event for forty minutes. Maybe. I love- no, right. yeah, and I and also love uh, in one of the one of the hippies being interviewed. Like they're seeding the clouds, man. I saw a plane fly over, and they're seeding the clouds. They don't want this to happen. It's already happening, bro. Mm-hmm. It's been happening for two. And days. they had to admonish the people. Hey, you may want to climb down those huge metallic towers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Joe Cocker was in the Grease Band. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. So he's the one who's saying beauty school dropout. Okay, was that, yeah. <laughs> Brandon a Um And Marissa had some clips, like some of the some of the classic clips. Do we have the... Um, the No Rain? Uh, no, not the No Rain, but the Brown Acid. Um, uh, yes, hang on a second. I knew where that is. All right, see if you can put... Yep, yeah, there here, it is. Here you go. Here's one of the, one of the <laughs> classic announcements. To get back to the, uh, the warning that I've received, you might take it with how many... However many grains of salt you wish, that the brown acid that is circulating around us is not specifically too good. Uh, it's suggested that you do stay away from that. Of course, it's your own trip, so be my guest. But uh, please, it's your own trip, so be my guest. You want to have that? Also, we're yeah. hearing that the fudgy wudgy bars have heroin in them. Suggested <laughs> that you do stay away from that. Of course, it's your own trip, so be my guest. But uh, please be advised that there is a warning on that one. Okay? Yeah. Just a gentle reminder. By the way, somebody's correcting me. Bootsy Collins was in Parliament Funk. He wasn't in uh, Sly and the Family Stone. For some reason, I thought he was. I was wrong about that. 50 freaking years ago. Yeah, here we go. Elliot from Harvard. The hitchhikers you need, the hitchhikers you picked up need the pills from your car. Please go to the information station right away. The hitchhiker you picked up needs the pills in your car. Oh, my God. Lewis mm-hmm. Making stage announcements. They have some uh, uh, headlights the way, on. Someone uh, says they've lost their, their peace button, peace symbol button. Yeah. Louis Chitnick, your brother is in the Fallsburg police station. Okay. Your brother's in the police station. Right. <laughs> All right, so after that, uh, so that was 2 o'clock in the afternoon that Joe Cocker played. He played till about 3.30. Uh, then there was a break uh, because of the thunderstorm. Uh, Country Joe and the Fish played at 6.30 that night. Uh, I had no idea there was two country Joes. Yeah, there were a couple of country Joes. And they actually <laughs> them fight in the octagon, too. <laughs> <laughs> Folks are going to see something special. Rarely do you get two bands with country in their names duking it out. 
country Joe. Let me let me play a couple of uh, clips from Pete Townsend uh, talking about it because I had mentioned that uh, you know they they yeah. played that really long set, but uh, uh, here was I don't know what order these are in, but let me just play them. Let me order. Here. It was about the most important single concert that we ever did. It was much more important than Monterey, much more important than our first show in New York, much more important than anything that followed. Yeah, right. speaking of Monterey, I think maybe that was with the with the um, Jimi Hendrix and him smashing the guitar thing where he yeah, said where he lit it on fire. Yeah, yeah. Hendri- no, no, um, Hendrix sets his guitar on fire at Monterey. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. And then he microwaves it well before the technology. No, I was really just, yeah. yeah. So, but the Monterey Pop Festival was before this, and I was saying that the guy was was saying to Hendrix, "This guy's stealing your act because he was up there smashing the guitar gotcha, on gotcha. stage." So, what right. I felt was, I'm not American. I'm not part of this. I had a rotten time. I wanted to go home. I didn't want to be there in the first place. You know, what history has told me is that this is my country as an artist. Okay, so he didn't have a very good time. Then here was another clip from Pete. That was a bit contrived because actually it was me that looked at my watch and realized that if we kept listening to you, I'd get the music going long enough, the sun would come up. Oh, because uh, I think that it was running like 12 hours behind. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in a showbiz family, and I know that stuff. And I knew it would be a wonderful moment. And we had been waiting a long time to perform. But we did play Listening to You, I Get the Music something like 40 times. Round and round and round and round. And finally it peeped up. So it wasn't exactly a poetic moment for me, but it was just another kind of moment of cynical English triumph. Okay. Uh, after... Uh who was that that played? That was uh, after Country Joe and the Fish. Then you had 10 Years After. 10 Years After, uh, a great band. Yeah. Uh, they played for about an hour or so. They only played six songs. So uh, they uh, they had some longer songs. By the way, it was 50 years ago today. That's why we're going through this, uh, the Woodstock. That's what Retrospective, legend. yeah. Uh, and then, Steve, talking about Legendary, the band played. Yeah. At 10 p.m. Uh, and they did almost a two-hour set. No, I'm sorry. They did almost an hour set. Um, so in two-hour increments. In two-hour increments, they did a one-hour set. Wow, that's, <laughs> but they that's did play. They played the wait, um, and then a bunch of songs I don't know. I love. Uh, don't did, do it. I love that song. That's what they did. I'm looking at their set. Okay, list. they do the night they drove old Dixie down. No, no, they did not. That's a great song too. Uh, Johnny Winter, featuring his brother Edgar Winter on three songs, got up and played, and that was at midnight. And then after they played Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Another great band. Came on at 1.30 a.m. Yeah, then you're starting to really hit the uh, uh, the big names as you're moving through here. A- uh, after them, yeah, go ahead. You would have to be on Narcotics to, to, to take in the show this. Oh, my God. Then at 3 a.m., Crosby, Stills, and Ash and Young hit the stage. Wow. <laughs> they opened with Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Mm. Uh, they, they first did an acoustic set, and then they did an electric set. Uh, so they went on at 3 and uh, apparently they only played an hour, it says here, but they played, God, they did uh, nine acoustic songs, and then they did five uh, electric songs, and they did, did two acoustic um, uh, encores. There's some bad strudel being passed around there. The icing isn't, isn't right. They got it got a little more, you know, throughout the morning when breakfast pastries are being dispensed. Besides the drugs, there were other things. But they didn't go until three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning is probably uh, not optimum concert time. And that was their second show ever. I think we were saying earlier in the week. I thought it was was their first. first. No, it was their second show ever together. Uh, Okay. And it was, uh, according to this article, it was Baptism by Fire. 
at the Woodstock Festival. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, they did Blackbird by the Beatles, uh, Marrakesh Express. Um, they did uh, A Long Time Gone, Wooden Ships. Um, so they, you know, they were they were a big, big part of it. What do you have here, Casey? This is uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Oh, live? What's that? And learn more about that group because they, you know, they they went in and out with members and yeah. And I don't know at how long they recorded before they eventually performed live because I had always thought of Sweet Judy Blue Eyes as something that came deeper into their into their life. Yeah, that was a group because it was such a and a huge piece of music. I think it was know? Johnny it was like Mitchell that songs put together. Heard them harmonizing on somebody's porch, and that's oh, as really? the legend goes. And said, you know, you, you guys are you. They all came from other their first, successful band, Buffalo their, Springfield, and other bands. Their first record came out in May of that year, so they, they'd only been together for a few months. They did a gig in Chicago, and then uh, they said uh, hey, we're doing some place called Woodstock, which they'd never heard of. <laughs> wow! And that was their second gig, and um, so yeah, but but it really was tumultuous. I mean, you know, you can learn at the knee of Pierre if you're interested in yep. Preston because he knows everything about the band. It's his favorite band, mm-hmm. uh, but it is fascinating to see how much they love each other and how much they hate each other. Yeah. Um, and there's a book out right now by a guy named David Brown. Uh, uh, he's a writer for Rolling Stone, and he wrote about the history. I've been reading some of it, and it's uh, they created some incredible music, and they just loathed each other personally at, yeah. at different points in time. Yeah, yeah. You just got to take it for what it's like. Dark Star is one of my uh, favorite songs. You know the the Stephen Seal Dark Star. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, you know, acoustically his playing is amazing. Yeah. Uh, then after them at six a.m., Paul Butterfield Blues Band went on. Uh, after that, and this, uh, then I was surprised to see this second to last performance or Sha Na Na. Sha Na Na came on second to last. 7.30 a.m. They went on and they did Get a Job, Come <laughs> Go With Me, Teen Angel, you know, all these old doo-wop songs, yeah. which is what they did. It's wild to see Bowser, remember Bowser up on stage doing the, uh, the whole posing and everything. Duke of Earl and all yeah. that stuff. So they, <laughs> they went on, uh, till 8 a.m. And then your, your, your wrap up, your headliner. headliner. Jimi Hendrix closed mm. at 9 a.m. I knew it was, I didn't know it was that early in the morning. I didn't yeah. know that was going on. But 9 a.m. is when uh, Jimmy went on and he played uh, for over two hours. He played two hours and ten minutes. So Jimmy was a dude who could go on stage for a while. And, uh, you know, they did they did everything. Purple Haze, Fire, Voodoo Child, um, all that stuff. Banana Splits theme. Yep, yeah. he did that. No, Foxy Lady. Uh, and the last song played it at uh, at Woodstock was "Hey Joe," God. and that was his encore. Yeah, and of course he did the national anthem. Yeah, as well, which... which is a big part of the films. Is it? Yeah. So, um, can you imagine, man. 
And it just grew and grew and grew, and it's legend over I, the years after. It would have lasted like the first two bands that yeah. would have been in. It's very dirty. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you remember the clip from The Simpsons where uh, Homer's dad went to Woodstock? <laughs> yeah. And he, he was all pissed that Jimmy was playing. <laughs> he, Homer's dad, Abe, was like, bring out Bowser from Shadow. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny clip uh, from The Simpsons. I love it, man. Wow. Well, they don't, uh, well, they don't make them like that anymore. I can't think of uh, anything that it, that would eclipse that in its uh, in its impact. But it became that, at, you know. So a lot of these bands really became what they were as a product of Woodstock. So yeah. it's like going into it, you saw a list of bands. Oh, okay, 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 and then the stuff became the legend that it was after. Yeah, it was, it was like Michael Shreve was saying from Santana. They were. People didn't know who they were before yeah. that. It was funny to see the attempt this year and, and just how miserably it failed. You well, know? they did get Matchbox 20. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be today. On Arlo Guthrie's site, uh, he, you know, he's touring this year. It still has uh, August 15th. Ar- Ar- Arlo will be playing at Woodstock 50. Didn't happen. I guess the only thing that I can think of anyway that would come close to matching that legend would be Live Aid. Yeah. yeah, Live Aid is another story. I'd like, uh, you know, honestly, and there is, there's a ton of footage uh, that was a, recorded. There's no definitive. Is there a definitive documentary? I don't know. There's, I don't remember sure if there is. Sure, should be right. You know, I mean, there was. Um, you had the US Festival was another big highlight, and that right. was kind of weird. But, uh, but I, I would say Live Aid because it was in two locations simultaneously, and uh, and the charity aspect of it, yeah. and oh, the the. The biggest name bands you can imagine uh, at that time. Well, Bohemian Rhapsody has certainly yeah. brought. Mm. I mean, the fact that the entire last what twenty two minutes of the movie is uh, yeah you know, that yeah. performance. Yeah. Uh, what's I think most amazing about what happened fifty years ago today is how, and, and maybe not in the eye of the promoter or as far as profits are concerned, but how sloppy, but successful this was. Yeah. Well, uh, we're watching the footage of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and just, at that point, it's just Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh, you got to remember, this is a time before in-ear monitors. Mm-hmm. This is a time before the, the technology was really oh my god rudimentary. Dude, you, could, you could barely keep guitars in tune yeah. at that time. Yeah. They didn't have the technology to keep guitars tuned the way they are now. And yeah, they they made it work. You know, and it just seemed more pure. Um, obviously, I think the people the, the promoters wanted to make money off of it and all that sort of stuff. But like now, um, they they you know these concert promoters they have it down to a science. But again. It's. I don't want to say disingenuous is is maybe not the right word. It's more but material. It's yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. More surface and yeah. Yeah. not that they like you said. Not that they weren't trying to make a buck on this as well. But <laughs> the crowd determined that that certain yeah, point yeah. it become a free concert. But well, there was I a mean, certain idealism behind it as yeah. well. So. And that's kind of what happened with Stock Ninety Nine. Is they were. It seemed like they were only trying to make a buck. Yeah, everyone's complaining about prices of uh, you know uh, water and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah, were you at that one? I was at that one. And that one got scary. It, well. Right? I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it, you saw it happening. I mean, yeah. from the first day to the last night, you saw the, the descent into madness. You knew it was happening. They never clean the freaking porta-pots. Ugh. They never clean the porta-pots. <laughs> they were charging like 10 bucks for water. It, it was ridiculous. But, like, you know, and, and my, my girlfriend at the time, she, 
you know, she had nowhere else to go to the bathroom. Like, I, I mean, people nowhere else to go. I mean, people were literally crapping in pizza boxes in their tents. No. Like, there was no That's no uh, concert that happened to me once. Mm-hmm. It was at uh, was at a Tony Bennett show. Press. You were crapping <laughs> in a pizza I had box. To crap in a pizza box. I said never Man, again. I'm look sorry. at this guy up here. <laughs> Reminds me of San Francisco. <laughs> I was gonna say Tony <laughs> taking felt- a dump in a pizza box, just oh. like the streets of San Francisco. Right at home. <laughs> How many people were at that Woodstock? Any like idea? 200, right? Uh, 200 people. <laughs> I, I would say probably close to 100,000, okay. something like that. Imagine you know? that times four. That's what that's what the original Woodstock was. Four. I, that number is, that's a big freaking number. You look at, at Wembley Stadium and how gigantic those crowds are. Imagine 400,000 people. What what <sighs> concert or performance, I know, I know... Carrot Top in Rio was nine hundred thousand. Mm. That was a lot, though. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. but uh, otherwise, I don't, I don't know. know what what is the largest attended concert. You know, not we're not talking multiple concert event like Live Aid, one stage, one concert performance or festival, yeah. largest attendance. It was in Rio, Steve. Is uh, <laughs> Carrot Top? Uh, no, Rod Stewart. An estimated three point five million people what? at Copacabana Beach. Yeah, wow, three point five. Million people? Okay. Yeah. Mm. No, right. thank you. You know what? You get good seats, though. You're in the first million. Hold on a second here. What are, what are these other ones? These... 3.5 million watched or on premises? This is uh, New Year's Eve, 1994. Free concert. Free okay. show, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. The largest was that, yeah. And then you had uh, in Moscow, Jean-Michael Jarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, with three and a half million, he's as well. basically the Russian uh, uh, Bowser from uh, Shauna. <laughs> uh, then again, in in Moscow, ACDC, Pantera, Metallica, and the Bra- Black Crows, uh, one point six million. It's crazy. Uh, and then down a little bit further on that list, it says uh, Live Eight with one and a half million. We were there, Philadelphia Museum of Art. That's correct. Look at that. Okay, wow. so there's one, two, three, four. That's the fifth. Largest. That's pretty damn impressive, folks. That beats out the Rolling Stones in Rio. Another one in Rio. How about that? Um, Rio's the place for your massive concert. And then uh, at the bottom of the list here, Independence Day concert, July 4th, 1985, the Beach Boys at the Philadelphia Museum of Art Hmm. drew a million people. All right. So there have been crowds that big before. Pretty wild, man. Is Woodstock even on here, Nick? They, they 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 spit at Woodstock. Um, Those numbers, highest attended concerts, single artist. Oh, single artist concerts and then free concerts. Well, okay, whatever. How about festival shows? I right, nonetheless, fifty years ago today, that's when it <laughs> happened. Uh, Pierre's been uh, been dabbling with it the past few days. I'm sure he's going to dive into more of that he's today. Yeah. Clearly, the definitive source for all yep. that information. Absolutely. All right, keep in mind, uh, we have the emoji code, your chance to win a $1,000 Best Buy gift card along with some very cool Avenger stuff. Check the emoji code at uh, PressInstate.com. We'll ask you to call in if you can decipher it a little bit later on, so we'll get closer to that in a second, but uh, you know what I should do? Let me give away, since we're talking so much about music, I have a musical event that I would like you to go to. And it's a pair of tickets to join Marissa Magnata for a special campfire-style acoustic, acoustic performance of Cage the Elephant. Yeah! 
before doors open on their show with Beck Wednesday the 21st at BB&T Pavilion. We'll take caller number 17 at 215-263-WMMR. It's part of MMR's Rock Residency. You can visit WMMR.com for details, including special ticket prices starting at $19.33. So we will take that 17th call and give you tickets. Going to come back in a moment, and we'll have a comedian John Roy. He's going to be at Helium Comedy Club joining us in just a second. Stay put. Best burger in all of Philadelphia. Taste for yourself at this year's Burger Brawl in a brand new spot. Round one. Join 93.3 WMMR at the Navy Yard Sunday, September 15th and enjoy unlimited bites of burgers from the city's top restaurants. Proceeds benefit the fund for the School District of Philadelphia, a nonprofit supporting school literacy programs through technology. Tickets on sale now. Get complete details and all the ingredients for a great day at WMMR.com. Burger Brawl 2019. Let's go a few rounds. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, thanks, Kath. Our next guest is performing for the first time in Philadelphia at Helium Comedy Club tonight. Gang, please give a welcome to John Roy. Yeah. Who is oh, here? You shouldn't have. How are you, John? I'm good. Nice to see you. So, first time in Philadelphia. First time in Philly. You've never visited, never been uh, driven through? Or... I stopped in the train station to go to Atlantic City. Okay. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> so like, I can stay here. I don't know why I have to leave necessarily. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is my first time actually performing in the city. Okay, cool, man. For the longest time, I mean, when we first started, there were no, there was really no comedy scene, you know, and it kind of gone, you know, like uh, David Brenner had had, like, you know, <laughs> just, there was just some, not a lot of stuff going on. Helium brought yeah. it all back it's good yeah yeah, yeah. so there's a, it, uh, we get a lot more people coming to go oh yeah philadelphia's on the map again yep. you know because we, we we end up being the uh the step you know the, the yeah. redheaded stepchild for either new york or what they bypass mm-hmm. preston often points out that on uh meteorological meteorological maps of the country they yeah. just leave out philadelphia it's like yep. <laughs> on the national you map learn you know. your weather from those other guys just ask them, <laughs> you don't them. See there's ask new york there's new york and there's dc and there's boston yeah. Yeah. It's left like, what out. The F? you got you're fine yeah, <laughs> yeah it sucks uh, but anyway, you were just telling me she's been on the road for a little while, yeah. and uh, you get to take a break in September, yeah, which is I'm, cool. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. And where are you from, by the way? I grew up in Chicago on the north side. That's where this accent comes from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't know I had an accent, though, until I moved to California, and 12 store clerks in a row, I told them na- my name was John. They go, Chad? <laughs> did, what? Did you mean Chad? Alexa, did he say Chad? <laughs> like, that, that's, they can't, the California brain, just this A sound, just, they're CPU melts. Yeah, and, I mean it's it's uh, it's not an accent. And I'm not look. It's a horrible accent. Like, I I prefer the, the, I mean, the, the, the. I find the one that can be grating when it's a really arch version is the is the Bostonian the, yeah, accent. Yeah, the Boston's Sh- the, Chicago sounds warmer to me. It does, but it also makes anything you say sound dumber than you are. Like you mentioned your surgery. Like, yeah, we're gonna take the appendix out. We're gonna go in there with the uh, like. Wait, hold on. Can we get a guy from like I don't know England to do this? Yeah, <laughs> Talking about sandwiches. I don't. I don't mean to sound insulting, but when you just did the over-the-top accent, you yeah. sounded kind of like Wallace Shawn. Oh, uh, well, inconceivable. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 
The, I think the most pure Chicago accent is weirdly Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue. I love that. They never that. explained why he was <laughs> yeah. there. Like, yeah, you know, I was in O'Hare. I got a layover. I can't go to New York be a cop. <laughs> like, if you watch in Die, in Die Hard 2, he's got that. Yeah. Know, very yeah. much. Yeah. Completely. It's right. Chicago. I'm like, you're not from New York, dude. I don't know how you passed the police exam. Like, <laughs> well, you know where he's from? Is yeah. he from the uh, Midwest? I, he's got to be. Up, that yeah. accent doesn't come out. I mean, you have to have, like, born in a bear sweater to talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you started doing stand-up there, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And you he's from you... Illinois. We... Uh, okay. yeah, there yeah, you it's, go. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. only way. Like, it doesn't happen if you're not. You, 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 you can't fake that. But you also, you've done a lot of um, you've done a lot of writing, and we were talking about, yeah. we were talking about conscious stuff and so on and so forth. You did the, the Jeff Ross. Uh, you wrote the yeah, Jeff Ross. Yeah, I was writing on the Jeff Ross, uh, the, the Queen, the Freddie Mercury episode. Uh, of the historical so roast. Of the historical roast. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool concept. So, oh, and, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, when I first thought, I was like, I don't know about this. And then I, st- I started to, to watch more of them. Like, okay, you're taking classic <laughs> historical yeah. figures and giving them a Friars Club roast. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. it. And, and then that Freddie Mercury one, we had a, you know, uh, Seth Green played David Bowie. Who did uh, the Freddie? Freddie was my friend James Adomi and my writing partner. That who's he's like, great. He was brilliant. He nailed it. Yeah, and like, it he was really did. It was funny, but it was also a really good tribute to Freddie Mercury and uh, a really good singing voice too. I yeah. was impressed. Well, he he practiced that song a lot, like that you mm-hmm. know, like all day long. He was doing that one. By the way, he uh, does a killer Chris Matthews. He's, he's oh, that's one of the videos I wrote with him. There's a Hardball Canada. If people want to see <laughs> Chris Matthews, it's Chris Matthews in uh, talking about Canada, and uh, yeah, his his Matthews is really great. But are you, are you a Queen fan to begin with? Oh, my God, what, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I had all that. Because, like, I'm 45, right? So when I went to high school, it was when they were phasing vinyl out. They didn't know it would be back. Yeah. So I would walk into a record store with 10 bucks, and I could buy the entire Queen catalog. Yeah. Like $2 an album. <laughs> right. I'm like, you guys have Kiss? Like, yeah, here's all of Kiss. I'll, that'll be twelve ninety five, please. <laughs> like, so, like, I came out with just this record stash that today, each one of those things would cost you $25 yeah. at your basic hipster vinyl store and you know i'm like what do you have by prince like we have everything he ever did eight bucks please you know (laughs) yeah you know what i went uh for for my birthday marissa in in the other room there had gotten me a turntable i was like wow this is fantastic so i got it set up at home and everything and i didn't have any records so i went to a record shop to go buy them and i was looking at new records and i pulled one up and i haven't bought records in ages Yeah, yeah and i'm like this is thirty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you freaking kidding yeah. me? We got a record player, and I wanted to get Quadrophini, which I've now bought nine times. Yeah. You're welcome, Mister <laughs> Daltrey. You always do. Uh, yeah, 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 but I'm like, I got to get Quadrophini. It was twenty five ninety five, yeah. and I'm like, I bought this literally for like a dollar seventy five, <laughs> and yeah, maybe you know the dirty job scratched, but aside from that, you know, it's the same thing. You yeah. know? So, so you you so you're buying it at the end of vinyl phase. Yeah, I, I was. Still, you know, firmly entrenched in vinyl territory when I was buying a lot of my initial music. But even then, price well, it was like eight, eight bucks, yeah, eight, sure. eight bucks, yeah. seven eight bucks. And then if you got it in what they used to call the cut bin, so they would cut the record jacket, they'd be a little like right. a little tiny rectangle, that'd be discount. But now, of course, because it is, it is now in the hipster mode. Yeah. But it and it, it does have a, 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 a people swear by the sound. A cup, 30, 40, 50 bucks. Yeah, for an also, album. swearing by the sound, yeah, if you have the insane stereo Mark Marin bought, then yeah. <laughs> right. But if you have the Crosley thing you bought next to the pants at Urban Outfitters, <laughs> like, it's going to sound like a, a record. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to sound like some kid's Fisher Price Star Trek record. You know? Did you have this? And we used to talk about this all the time because when you'd listen to that stuff over and over again, you would get your, 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 
iconic scratches and pops. Sure. And and then when you heard it somewhere else, like, where's, huh? where's the pop? Where's the pop? Hey, yo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> where's the scratch? And yeah. the little things that you didn't really notice until you get it, like, on a good stick. Because I, I yeah. didn't, you know, stuff you're like, oh, Jimmy Page just talks right there. I didn't. Or Pink Floyd. There's always weird stuff in the back. Like, right? Is that a dying sloth in the back of uh, time? I didn't notice that before. When <laughs> what'd you think of the uh, the the Bohemian Rhapsody uh, the the movie? Uh, I I liked it. I, yeah. I did. I mean, it's biopics are weird for me because especially if someone that's famous as those guys, where you've seen more pictures of the actual person yeah. than the actor. So, like, Will Smith, I'm like, that's not Muhammad Ali. That's Will Smith in a boxing <laughs> outfit. <laughs> like, like, so with Queen, I just kept going, all right, that's not Freddie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a different guy. But I thought they, for what they, not being able to bring Freddie back from the dead and stick him in a costume, I thought it was it was great. Yeah, they, I'm they, still waiting to see the Elton John one. I haven't, I haven't yeah, seen that Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. I got it. I hear that's good. Yeah. You always work the, the, the it's a tightrope, though, because if you're, you know, either you're doing an homage or an impression. Yeah, are you? How do you keep it from not being so over the top that it looks like a Saturday Night Live sketch? Right, right. Speaking of the way it uh, looks and so on and so forth, I was watching one of your routines. It's, it's, it's kind of true. Uh, you're a video gamer? Sure, yeah. Right, you yeah. talk about, and it's the truth, and it's something that I do all the time. When you select, when you're a ball guy and you select your avatar in a video game, I just hit enter because yeah. the, the first guy up oh, is Paul. Yeah, there, there you go. Now, I, I give him hair. I have to. I'm like, if I'm going to be in a fantasy, I might as well get this guy hair. If I'm going to put myself on the Dodgers, I could also give him a big uh, curly afro. You know? do, you, do you you play a lot? Do you sink into a, a video game hole, or are you have you had to ratchet back with a life and wife? Well, you know what? Honestly, my wife plays Overwatch on a competitive level. Really? Like, my wife is much better than me. You know, my wife a, plays. A, Esports uh, yeah. center coming into Philadelphia. I oh, think really? It's, I think it's Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, well, Overwatch is a huge game. Like, yeah. it's like 15 million people watch their Twitter feed every week. Yeah, there's like TV shows that don't get one million. Yeah, Can you yeah. Imagine putting a TV show in the air and 12 million people are like, I'd rather watch someone else play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> 40 million are like, I'd rather watch him open the box the video game came in. Yeah, <laughs> it, like, it's, uh, but yeah, my wife is incredible at Overwatch. She's on the beta test now of the new rules because they're like, Holy you're really good. You should probably, you know. She plays Moira and she plays uh, Diva, and is like, and that that's not going to mean anything unless yeah, you're no. like way into the game. But it's you know it's impressive to watch. And she bought a headset. Oh, oh, like one yeah, of the, yeah, like with the fold, like, the microphone. She's like just sitting there, like, and she'll, like she goes when she has like a rough day at work. She's like, "Yeah, I got to kill stuff. <laughs> I got I to gotta go home and kill stuff." <laughs> does, does she? So, what's her real? What's her day job? Uh, she works for a cosmetics company. She's a, a, tra- a traveling educator. Like she goes and tells them how to sell. It's a uh, benefit. Cosmetics is her uh, brand, and she just so she's around. super girly. And yes, then comes and home then comes and home and kills stuff <laughs> because I think there's just a, a girly limit that you can take, and yeah. then once Wait you've gone over it, like it's time to. Murder cartoon characters. <laughs> so, so did you actually meet her, or did you order her online? <laughs> yeah. she, she was part of the Overwatch app. Buy for a two for one. You get the, we'll set you up with a wife that'll work. Do you even play her in any competitive games? On because she'll she'll kick your ass. Uh, right? You know, I I I don't. You can't play head to head. Like you can only play right. other people online. So right. I don't. But like the thing with the, the, I've told her about the game, and for about six months, like I'm like, oh, you're playing. Oh, that's nice. Oh, you, oh, you're not on the training level anymore. Oh, you're. 
oh, you're better than me. <laughs> yeah, like, that was the weird. Uh, yeah. But she's really competitive. She played college athletics. She played college golf at Purdue. Mm. So she likes to God. win. Like, and her, her dad was a state trooper. So, like, the whole family's just this, like, driven, like, winning. Like, there's a, in the Schramm family, they go, I'm like, well, isn't it just for the fun of the game? She goes, you know, it's fun winning. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's, uh, wow. She played D1 golf. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah. she still play? Uh, she still plays. I think it's more, we're at the, like, the top golf level now. Like, I don't yeah. know. She, she'll go out and do nine holes when her sister's in town. But uh, she doesn't get, like, her job is, they send her all over the place. Like, it's uh, it's hard to, like, get a whole day That's uh, why, to go play golf. Yeah, but if, day, if she played know? D1 golf, she was probably, she could probably still easily shoot in the low 80s, most likely. I, she is good. Yeah. Like, I, I know that. I mean, I'm terrible at golf. Like, I'm like, how to not hit it in the water? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's my, you know, my Aim for the water. That's, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. that's how you don't hit it in the water. Yeah, Aim for, for the water. water. <laughs> then you'll win. <laughs> 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 That's wild that you have you have that going on. I was reading a little bit about you. You never know what's true or not. But, but was your was your dad an ex Jesuit? My dad was. He didn't quite. He, he was a brother. He didn't get the the ordination where you have the yeah. superpowers to change. You know, <laughs> you know, water into mm-hmm. you know but and like, exorcisms. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. yeah. I think he could. He had he took like all the the crappy vows. He took poverty, <laughs> obedience, like, like he had all the ones that you don't want. The cool ones. But then he quit to marry my mom, which is good because they don't they don't let you do that. Uh, and your so, mom's a psychotherapist. Yeah, well, they're retired now. I yeah. mean, but yeah, she was a psychotherapist back then. That's a wild, uh, that's yeah. a wild combo. Yeah, when you can be told clinically what's wrong with you as a kid. No, I, why don't you clean your room? Well, no, I'll tell you why. Uh, it's in the DSM four right here. You're <laughs> yeah, like, both of them probably on one level or another received um, like uh, confessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all my mom's whole job is basically you know yeah. sit yeah. on that couch and. Tell me why, uh, why you're here. <laughs> but that that probably helped your ability to to just observe things. Yeah, yeah. And, and to to like from an early age, you start you get presented with like, well, this is how I think it works, and this is how I think it works, and then you're a comedian going, yeah, I think all of this is nonsense. <laughs> 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 you're, like, you're probably you're probably giving out better therapy than than, than they are. <laughs> well, you get two drinks with my therapy too. So that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the medication. Yeah, that's the prescription. Like, I think a lot of more people would go to confession if there's a gin and tonic in there. <laughs> I mean, father might have one, but... <laughs> yeah, would it hurt them to have a little mini bar in the confessional? Like, yeah. I, you know, a comedian and a, and a psychotherapist, they're both observant of human behavior, you know? And I get the best comedians are able to point out foibles and, and mm-hmm. uh, behaviors in a comedic way. Yeah. Did you learn any of that from your mom? Uh, a little bit. Uh, I think my mom... You know, when you're a kid, it's not so much fun when your mom points out your point. So. <laughs> like, you would think she'd want to, like, try to put, you know, t- tap the brakes on that because yeah. to get too clinical with your own kid, you know? But, I mean, how would you stop it if you're trained to do that? Well, if you got to bring work home, at least she wasn't a cop. Arresting. I got to deal with... Let me ask you, because and I wanted to bring this up, um, and I don't know if this is true or not, that the Chris O'Dowd movie um, was it uh, love? Uh, love for Love? Yeah, right. And, and he's a, he's a comedian, right? Yeah. Well, and, and James Adomian's in that too. He plays his brother, and he does stand up at the end. And I wrote a lot of the the, the stand up for that. So every time, like the, in the movie Punchline or wherever they where they do. Um, yeah, do, uh, actors doing stand up. Barry ne- Sobel was a guy who wrote all the stand up and punchlines. Yeah, it's like, never, it's never quite. It's hard, right? It's hard well, to. They're not stand up. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and there is a rhythm of stand up that just can't be faked in this. Like you, if, like I feel like, like Sally Field in that movie. It, it, I mean, she's a good comedic actress, but it's, it's a different skill set. Yeah, Tom Hanks comes pretty, but they actually made in some of those stand up movies like. 
in funny people, like Seth Rogen has was never a stand-up. done stand-up. He never Man, done it before A little that? bit, not okay. much. Uh, him and Jonah Hill, though, Apatow forced them to go to every comedy club in L.A. and do stand-up every night for four weeks. Yeah. So, like, they he made him do it. He's just like, you have to do it. There's no other way to know. Right. So you'd be in the club and, and you know, some of the comedians would grumble, like, why do I got to wait while Jonah Hill gets to <laughs> do stand-up fantasy camp because he's in a movie? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he, uh, he would go up, at least... To his credit, he did it. He went up there and bombed at the improv. <laughs> wow. And then eventually he got some laughs because he's a funny guy. Yeah. But it, it it's just one of those things that, you know, stand-up needs hours and, and hundreds and hundreds of hours of game time before you know what you're doing. You know, it just, there's it, no it, way to fake it. There's a yep. precision to it. And there's a, to the people that do it well, like yourself, and, 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 and you know, I, I saw, and that's 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 why for me, it, it, it it's it's you have to be really committed, and 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 tinker and tinker and tinker mm-hmm. and tinker, and it's 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 it can be really uh, time consuming. I, I've always wanted to do stand up. These guys know this. I'm just not brave enough to get up there and do it. But uh, I hosted a stand up comedy competition at Helium one okay. time. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try something out, right? <laughs> so <laughs> what's funny is I got a really big laugh. At my setup, right? Yeah. Like it was, and then when I got to the punchline, nobody even laughed at that, and like everybody <laughs> laughed at the setup. I was like, I was like, oh well, oh that was the funny part. Okay, well, I, yeah, I, had, then, I had no idea. And if you were to stand up and you knew you had to go back and do it again because mm-hmm. that's your job, right? You would then have cut the punchline that didn't work because like stand ups basically like you take a steak out from the kitchen, you see what they take bites of, you cut away the rest, and you serve it again to the next group of people. Mm-hmm. So like you know you would have then had fifteen more tries at that bit, right? And by the end you would have figured out what they liked and what they didn't like, and it would have worked. It's the yeah. oldest thing uh, writing is rewriting. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all it is. So do we want to hear this? No. Uh, <laughs> no, you no. gotta laugh. No, 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 no. Do you remember okay. it? I, I do. I do remember it. Okay. Uh, the, the setup was like, "Hey, did you guys ever see this movie called Star Wars?" <laughs> and they were like, "Yes, yeah. my favorite movie." <laughs> oh, not a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so there's a show on Amazon, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and yeah. it's basically. And what I really like uh, about that is her crafting. The, the punchlines and, mm-hmm. and, and it's like quick jump cuts from, okay, oh, this didn't get the laugh. All right, let me, you know, and it's her just sort of honing her act. Mm-hmm. That's and I, what I it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. They're like, able to you know, do it in, you know, a 30 second montage and, you know, on, yeah. yeah. Right. But you know, realistically, a 30 month <laughs> montage of you eating ramen noodles while you go to your dog walking job. <laughs> That's the part they leave out. <laughs> and yet, John, the, the anomaly is you'll have something that, that has killed and killed and yeah. killed and then you'll be one night and you'll do it exactly the way you've done it all the time before and it just dies. It's true. It's, it's like, true. And also you can watch a joke die like you can watch the reference no longer be in the public eye. There was this guy in Chicago who used to crush with these bits about about the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And he had all these punchlines about Bruce Jenner and all this stuff. <laughs> and then you could watch the audience slowly not be old enough to remember it. <laughs> so this thing that used to bring the house down right. and end with the 70s guitar from waka, 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 you know, and, and everyone used to go crazy. Same bit. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, it would be like watching Metallica come out and do Master of Puppets, and then all of a sudden the crowd doesn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it just, uh, what is and, that? And then he had he he didn't know what to do now, and you had you watched him struggle for six months of going well. The seventies bits dead, and that was my bread and butter. It would be, you know it's it's something that 
I think musicians never have to deal with. No yeah. one going to buy tickets to Sting is ever going to be like, no, nah, not Roxanne. I think I've heard that <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> yeah, like, but don't play the hits. Yeah, right. Play, the <laughs> play new stuff. stuff. <laughs> I want to hear the, you know, the thing you just put out. <laughs> hey, it's funny, though. So for you writing for other people, you've got to write in their voice. Did you write for Jeff Dunham? I did. I wrote for Jeff Dunham. Uh, That's got to be different. It was, well, I, I got high. I got really high. <laughs> but I got, was like, how am I going to write puppet jokes? Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I've got this weed right here. That might help. <laughs> but, um, yeah. The thing with, with writing. Did it? Yeah, it did. It absolutely did. Like, everything did you have the puppet mind, smoke? Or did yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, could you give Peanut a hit, too? I think this joke will be better. <laughs> if you just, uh, I think Walter needs to loosen up a bit. Uh, it, it, the Dunham thing was weird. Like, But seriously, though, everything. Thing that on mining and Mo- mining the monsters, and I wrote about me and a, we had a whole writers' room, but I wrote about about a quarter of that. Every joke I wrote, I was high. Like every <laughs> the whole Walter monologue and most of Bubba J was written by a very high man. <laughs> so you have this pre-done character characters that he's done. The old that's, guys, yeah, that's a little easier to do yeah. because you know, like okay, Bubba J is a redneck, so every every bit I write, just write what would a redneck say? Right, right. Uh, but the thing with writing for Dunham that you don't get uh, as a as a comedy writer is that he has to say all that without his lips moving. Yeah, yeah. So we would pitch him jokes, and and we would and they were good jokes, but then he'd be like. Yeah, that BR sound is weird for me. <laughs> huh, Can wow. you change brisket to steak? You know, and you're like, yeah, okay. But like, it's just like stuff you would never yeah. think of no, because I you get even. to use your whole mouth. Yeah. yeah. That's his comedy is not necessarily my, my cup of tea, but I appreciate what he's able to accomplish and the number of tickets that he's able to well, sell. Sure. Well, he actually told us, he goes, look. We're not writing Ruth Chris here. We're writing okay. McDonald's. So oh, let's so- go out and make some fun puppet jokes. No, and we were like, yeah, all right. He's got a good attitude about it. But I don't, I don't think you can ever be that uh, inherently successful as a comedian without being funny. So he's got to be. He knows how to hit a punchline. And he knows how to hit a punchline holding a puppet while pretending not to talk. Dude, right? I was so, in Vegas. You know, when yeah. he, I, I was in Vegas uh, a couple years ago. Man, the, they were going nuts well, for the, his. The audience, like, I don't know what, he's got them fooled. The audience, whenever he pulls a new toy out, they act like a new person showed up. Yeah. So they give each puppet an ovation. Like, I'm like, that's just, that's him with a different thing. <laughs> like, they act like like a new member of the Jacksons showed up. Like, they're like, yeah! Like, like, it's still just him. He just pulled a different He stuck his hand up another yeah, ass. Like, yeah. not, what's wrong with you people? They don't even give the puppet a microphone. (laughs) Oh, it's Peanut. Yeah, he pulled out a different thing. Inanimate object. They act like someone new showed up. Like Peanut was in the limo backstage, and then he came up the thing into the trunk. Yeah, I think that they don't have a microphone sort of hurts it. Wait a second. How can I hear him if he doesn't have a microphone? Can I have a better illusion, Jeff? Could you at least put a fake mic by the purple guy so I can think he's talking? They're just tuning in as John Roy. And it's going to be at uh, Helium Comedy Club just tonight only, by the way. Are you writing for any other shows or any um, uh, anything going on right now? Right now, I am actually, I'm just, I'm working on a new set to give to Conan. Uh, so, like, I'm just uh, cutting down this six minutes to, uh, to four and a half. And uh, he's very, he's very comedian friendly. Isn't yeah. He? I, oh, yeah. I know that in some cases when you go, now a lot of times people don't know that comedians have to sort of present their material. At, uh, oh, yeah. Just well, for you, review. you deal with the, the booker and, right. you, you know. So, but from what we hear is that the, the Conan crew is a lot more, uh, um, uh, liberal in, in what they're they are. Take. You actually get one S word on uh, Conan, ah. and you can't do that on uh, mm. on the the network stuff. So it's it's a it's a good process. They're a fun group. They've been with Conan forever. Nobody, 
everyone's there's job is safe and they're all having a good time. Do you so think he's doing the new half hour? Uh, he loves format? it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of my good friends is a writer on Conan, uh, Andre Deboucher, and he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, Conan loves it. He was bored of going. So you're in a movie, you know? Like he like he like <laughs> likes having just the, to the freedom chase. to do some fun yeah. bits and go home, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's your first your first exposure doing late night was oh, I was on actually was one, it Leno my first uh, late night was uh, Craig Ferguson and then I did Leno but I had done my first TV I was on I won Star Search on CBS, CBS. with Arsenio right but that was in prime time so that was and you only had two and a half minutes so my wow. first my first late night set was uh, was was Ferguson I did a couple of those and then I did Jay Leno is that so is that massive weight of the world on your shoulders moment well, yeah because yeah. the other thing is now it's even it's even more on your shoulders because the internet and, and it's a good thing that you can anyone who likes what i did on this radio show can go right home and watch yeah. my conans mm-hmm. on the internet but it's out there forever yeah it's not going anywhere like if you had a bad letterman in 1989 <laughs> you know your mom might have been like eh, and then but then no one would ever see it again you know like they, it was gone it's gone but now it's there forever so you know bad letterman like oh you mean this this letterman here like everyone you met could be like oh oh yeah there you are not doing well no, like, yeah it's, no it's uh, true it's true i uh-huh. i i, I specific, specifically remembered comedians or whatever bombing through and and they can go back you say oh that they they don't have that that was in the 70s you go and look on youtube and there it is somebody had a film of it or something sure and if it if it made someone go i have to remember this someone else did when we first started doing the show and the internet was you know okay we're getting you do a google search and two things would come up yeah now now there's just been such an input from the world total that you, you know no matter how obscure it is you can find it so you're right Anything will haunt you for Forever. all the days mm-hmm. of your life. It's just there yeah. permanently. Because I remember I was on uh, I was on Hollywood Squares uh, oh, and uh, with I Tom was, Bergeron. Uh, no, this was this was Howie Mandel. Howie so Mandel. This is a while ago. Wow. But like I, you know, I I had never met. I wasn't a big. I I didn't know anything about Howie Mandel. <laughs> I didn't care. But I was so nervous <laughs> right. that they had a camera in my face and they're like. What does it feel like to work with Howie Mandel? And I just started going, oh, my God, I'm so happy to finally work with what a great guy, Howie Mandel. And I'm just gushing over him. And they got it. And my buddy at home, my roommate, DVR'd it. So I came back to Chicago, and uh, yeah. I was like, I was bragging about something, some girl I met or whatever. He goes, oh, yeah, you're real cool. Yeah, I was just watching you. And he just hits play. He's got it queued up. And I'm like, oh, Howie Mandel, I can't believe it. I got to finally work with the guy from Bobby's World. You know, like, it's uh, it's so like every before I moved to LA, any time I overstepped my bounds of like, yo, yeah, we were part. Oh yeah, you were partying. Was this guy partying? Oh, how did they tell? Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you gotta love friends. Wow. Well, listen, uh, John is going to be, like I said, at Helium Comedy Club just uh, one night only, so make sure you get out and see him at 8 o'clock. Some of the shows, you can get uh, tickets at helium.com, and hopefully this will fuel you to come back in and yeah, spend yeah, some time in this Philly again stop fun. by. Yeah. Excellent, man. Well, cool. Nice to meet you. You too. Enjoy your time here in Philadelphia and the rest of your tour, brother. I will. Yeah, man. Cool. All right, let's hear it for John Roy, yeah. guys. Helium Comedy Club. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. All right, let's do the B-File. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Bizarre File. 
All right, brought to you this morning by Robbins Diamonds and Tax-Free Delaware with thousands of rings and self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax. Versus the 8% tax in Philly, Robbins Delaware Diamonds. Well, a man has been eaten alive by a bear just hours after joking about being attacked and killed by one. I was joking? Uh, No, the man was joking. Uh, Alexander uh, Korneyev was was out picking wild mushrooms when a brown bear savagely mauled him in eastern Russia. Huh. Uh, the 66-year-old only had a penknife uh, to try and defend himself against the powerful animal, but was unable to do so and was eaten alive. Uh, when the retired railway construction worker was found, it said that not a single spot was left untouched. Oh, man. The, laceration, the lacerated remains of the elderly man were found on a dirt road close to the village where he had lived after discovering his uh, corpse local's Hunted the bear down and shot it dead. It said the animal still had the man's remains inside its stomach. Uh, residents... You should have joked about getting a Hummer. Yeah. <laughs> residents were horrified at the brutality of the attack and were especially shocked as it's in an area where bears have never attacked humans in living memory. Speaking about the attack, the head of the village council, uh, Sergei... Uh, Ray, uh, Rayabov said there was blood everywhere. His pet knife was broken in half, and there were signs of a fight. His blood, his body was lying face down. There was no single untouched spot. By uh, the way, there is now pen knife for sale. Uh, his death was made even more tragic as he had called his wife before the attack and reportedly joked about being killed by a bear. Ugh. He had said uh, to her, "I'm going to pick mushrooms, and if you don't call." Or, and if I don't call you again by 10 a.m., it means that I've been eaten by a bear. That's what he oh said. My God. Have you guys ever, do you guys ever <laughs> fantasize about, no. no, no, but what you would do if you were attacked by a large animal like this? <sighs> uh, go for the eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I don't, I know that the idea is supposedly you play dead for a, for a bear attack. Uh, isn't that what he does in, um, DiCaprio does? Oh, in, in The Revenant? Right, in The Revenant. I don't know. I, I, I think I'd be panicking too much, Yeah, and I, I'd be patting around for my pen knife. And it's different for black bears versus uh, grizzlies. You, you're supposed to behave differently for one versus the other. Hmm. But I don't I, remember what the rules are. In my mind, I would stick my fist down their throat, like, so they wouldn't be able to, like, breathe. You'd actually feed yourself to it. I would yeah. shove my my whole arm. Here, wait, let, me, let me see if I can get my shoulders in there. Thank you so much. You really, really enjoy uh-huh. no, Because... Uh, who knows? I think I've heard things like that, where like with a shark or whatever. Uh-huh. What I know, whatever I would do would be wrong. I don't think sticking your body in its all right. Let's get a bear in it, here. In its maw. <laughs> let's is the way to go. a bear maw Casey yeah. and see if he's effective with his sticking his arm down its throat. Uh, so anyhow, this guy was eaten. Uh, now, here's a different story, uh, but involves wildlife as well. It was about half past midnight when Russ Fee woke up. To the sound of frantic shouts coming from a campsite next to his in Canada's Banff National Park. Russ! From within his tent, he listened, quickly discerning that the voices belonged to a man and a woman. They were screaming for help. He said, I threw my shoes on. My wife tossed me a lantern. I just started running toward their tent, sort of yelling, I'm here, I'm here. What's wrong? Um, He expected to find two really scared parents who maybe their child had wandered off into the woods. Instead... The sight that greeted him was much more distressing. The family's tent was in shambles, and sticking out of its entrance was the rear end of a large wolf. A wolf attacked the New Jersey couple and their two children who were visiting the park. That Uh, rarely happens. They said, we are forever grateful to uh, Russ, who came to our aid. This is Elisa Rispoli. 
uh, whose husband, Matt, was injured in the attack. She wrote this on Facebook, describing Fee as a guardian angel. She added that the Canadian man probably saved her husband's life. The Rispolis were asleep in their tent, and they were jolted awake after midnight by the wolf. She said it was something out of a horror movie. Matt instantly threw himself in front of his wife and the children, fighting the predator as it ripped apart the tent. While the husband was trying to keep the wolf at bay... Elisa wrote that she laid on top of her two boys to shield them, and together the couple cried out for help. Luckily, this guy, Fee, had heard them. When he arrived at the family's campsite, Fee saw the wolf attempting to yank something free from the tent like it was pulling on a toy. Uh, she said it was just so much larger than, or he, Fee said it was so much larger than any dog I've ever seen. So Elisa wrote the animal had uh, started to drag Matt away, and she was holding on to his legs. He ran toward the tent, carrying only a lantern his wife gave him, and he d- devised a hasty plan. He said, I just kept running at it, and I kicked it in the back hip area like I was kicking in a door. And the kick may not have done much physical damage, but Fee said it was enough to startle the wolf into letting go Matt of Matt. And then the animal immediately emerged from the tent, and Fee said he, quote, immediately regretted kicking the wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I felt like I had kind of punched someone that was way out of my weight class. Uh, but before Fee had to think of another way to um, take the wolf solo, he said Matt, whose half of his side was covered in blood, came flying out of the tent. The two men began screaming at the wolf and hurling rocks about the size of the head of a cabbage at the, wolf, the animal to drive it back. Soon the wolf was far enough away that they were able to uh, get free and head to Fee's campsite where they hid in his minivan. Elisa wrote that her husband was transported to the hospital where the puncture wounds and lacerations on his hands and arms were treated. Uh, Parks Canada staff located a wolf about a half mile away. They euthanized it, mm. and DNA tests confirmed the wolf that was put down was the same one that attacked Matt at the uh, hospital. It, I can't even remember a time you've reported on a wolf attack. No. It's always bear attacks. Yeah. Not unless it's a bear. And apparently there was no food or anything else that uh, usually attracts wildlife around. They say that... Um, Don't they say usually that you should fill your pillow with pork chops? No, they noted that the wolf's physical state may have played a part in the attack. They said that the wolf was in poor condition and oh. likely nearing the end of its natural lifespan. So. Okay, alright. Uh, and and unfortunately, that's all we have time Aww. for yeah, in the Bizarre file. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. Emoji code. Yeah. Let's get a winner. I'll take caller number 33 at 215-263-WMMR. Do you know the emoji code? Well, if you do, be the 33rd caller. We'll start there and see if we can get a winner. We'll be right back. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Police on 93.3 WMMR. Song that uh, put them on the map for Roxanne. And it is six minutes after 10 o'clock. President Steve show. We're going to have a good time today at the Belly Flop Championship, Belly Forge Casino Resort. Uh, 85 degrees. Maybe a slight chance of a pop-up shower, but we don't know where. And Oh, my I'm, God, you I'm, might get wet. I'm going to say it's not going to happen there. I'm yeah, gonna no, it's going to be fine. I agree with you. Beautiful night. So uh, come out and join us, please. And wouldn't it be icing on the cake if maybe you won a big prize right about now? Uh, we're looking for the emoji code 
And I am going to go to our 33rd caller. It is uh, Nicole, who is on the line. Hey, Nicole, good morning to you. Hey, thank you so much. Oh, I love that. Nicole, if you can uh, tell us the code that Casey has created with emojis, what it deciphers to, then uh, you will indeed win our prize. So what is the emoji code? I am what I am. I am what I am. Oh, it's correct. Yeah! You got it, Nicole. What? So we are going to give you, by the way... We're going to give you, first of all, the uh, limited edition Avengers Assembled Steelbook. We're going to give you all four Avengers films on digital, 4K Ultra HD HD Blu-ray and Blu-ray, and a $1,000 Best Buy gift card. So (laughs) congratulations. That's awesome. Where are you from, by the way, Nicole? I'm from Southside, Pennsylvania. All right. And what are you doing today? You working this morning? I'm working. My fiance is going to be so excited. Uh, are you into the films at all? I'm sorry. Are you a fan of the Avengers at all? Are you into this oh stuff as well? Yeah, we see every movie. Oh. Midnight tomorrow. Excellent, excellent. Well, you're going to love yeah. this book and uh, and all the movies, and you're going to love the thousand dollars from uh, Best. Oh my Buyers. gosh! Thank you so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. Congratulations. Hang on the line, Nicole. We'll make sure we take care of you. And there yeah. we go. We got ourselves a winner. Sounds very sweet. Love that. All right. Uh, we're now going to do, we're going to get another winner. Only we're going to do the lesson question this time. And we're going to give away a pair of tickets for MMR Rock and the Zach Brown Band on Friday, September 6th at BB&T Pavilion. So let's see what we want to do. Okay. What modern take on the old man in the sea features a killer clown? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. And uh, let's see with you, uh, see if you know the answer. You had to have been listening earlier this morning. What modern take on old man in the sea features a killer clown? 215-263-WMMR. If you know the answer, if you heard it, you were listening, we need you to call in now. We're going to do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And this morning, the trash is brought to you by Monster Mania. Monster Mania Com 43, August 16th through 18th. See Freddie himself, Pete, Robert England. Almost said Peter England. <laughs> Peter England. Clive Barker, Rick Flair. What's your story? And more tickets available at the door. For more information and more of the gore in store, visit monstermania.net. What's going on, Steve? Well, the Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth split started out amicably, but uh, now both parties are on the offensive with Cyrus claiming Hemsworth is an alcoholic and Hemsworth claiming that Cyrus was cheating on him. Regardless, both parties do agree that Cyrus is pretty hoary. (laughs) A tabloid claiming that Daniel Craig's ankle injury on the set of the latest Bond movie is causing problems in his marriage to Rachel Weiss. Apparently, Craig is unable to perform Weiss's favorite sexual position, a Manchester toe jam. Oh, my God. Hey. (laughs) You imagine what that is. A Manchester toe jam. Uh And finally, Globe magazine is reporting that Cher's friends are seriously concerned that the legendary singer is destroying her career with too many facelifts. Cher says she's thrilled with the results, noting that it's much easier to get her anus bleached now that it's on her chin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Hollywood track. All righty. We'll see if somebody uh, can give us the answer to this okay. lesson question. What modern take on Old Man in the Sea features a killer clown? 215-263-WMMR. That is the question. And uh, why not? I'll go to Brian, see if he knows the answer. Hey, Brian, how you doing? 
Good. How are you? you Good. Guys right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. What modern take on Old Man in the Sea features a killer clown? Uh, is this, I think it's like the clown with the red balloon. The clown with the red balloon. He mm, was. You were listening, but that's not. Yeah, it. yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. Uh, let's go to. Uh, let's go to. Put that person on line three on hold, please. Sorry. I'll tell you why, because they've got the right answer. All right. No, sort of. And now. No. Yeah. And there no. you go. I'll go to you. It's Trevor. Hey, Trevor. Hey, guys. Hey, you're on the air. Trevor, do me a favor <laughs> and tell me what modern take on Old Man and the Sea features a killer clown. The Old Clown and the Sea. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, he sounded like somebody on uh, Wheel of Fortune making sure yep. they say it correctly. The old clown and the sea. Right. <laughs> Pronouncing it very properly. Thank you, Trevor. We are going to give you a pair of tickets as MMR Rock Zach Brown Band. <laughs> Friday, September 6th, BB&T Pavilion. Some tickets for both of the shows, September 6th and 7th, are still available at Ticketmaster.com. we got to do music news now. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! All right, with a new album on the way, Tool currently has all 10 spots in the positions of 1 through 10 on the Billboard's Rock Digital Song Sales Chart. 10 sounds desperate. Uh, (laughs) 10, you're right. Uh, that's because they just recently released their music digitally. Yeah. Uh, the new release will be nearly 85 minutes of music, consists of seven songs and three interludes with an average of about 12 minutes per song, depending on which version of the album you listen to. Drummer Danny Carey says he originally wanted the album to be one long song instead of seven. He said, when we get in that room, where it takes us, that's where it goes. Four years ago, when we were looking at this, I wanted to try to do a record that was one giant song. Um... According to in the room. Ah, Loudwire, Chocolate Chip Trip is one of the star instrumental tracks standing out as one of Carrie's drumming masterpieces. Chocolate Chip Trip. I love chocolate chip cookies. He completed one of the most complicated parts in only one take while the rest of the band was taking a break. Can't wait to hear that because that dude is a beast on the drums. I'm currently on the final album of my Tool journey. So what are you thinking? Uh, uh, where do you stand in the in the Tool appreciation level? I think it's their best one. I think the, it's the, the most the, the most complete. Uh, the last one. The yeah, last album. yeah. So I, I, I'm not all, all I the love way that through. Album. I'm on uh, track nine, which is uh, called Intention. So I, I need to go back and start at that song. Yeah. But um, so far. Because you had told me that that's your favorite album, it's Ten Thousand Days. Yep, it's not my my favorite song. Is still Prison Sex. I love yeah. that song, but um, but this one, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. All right, and then you'll get to check out Fear Inoculum, which will be released on August thirtieth. So you'll be good to go. Case Ghost is known for creating special limited edition promotional items, such as an eight track edition of Ceremony and Devotion, and for prequel, a seven inch vinyl disc of the album's first single, Rats. But on September 27th, the Swedish rock band will release several more items tied to the prequel album and uh, tour. Uh, The Deluxe Collector's Edition Prequel Exalted. You just pop your gum. I did. I'm so sorry, (laughs) man. (laughs) Shoot. Will include a 60-page arena tour photo book. Live photo prints. And limited edition transparent orange and black color vinyl and several other items. Only 5,000 copies. 
I'm such an idiot, man. Popped your gum. Yeah. Blew a bubble and popped his gum. That would be right next to the microphone. Me in the bush hiding from the Viet Cong. Like Bill West. Sorry. Your hands up, they're going to see you. Yeah. You pop your gum. Yeah. Chinese is going to kill us. Uh, Aerosmith are out on the road all month before hitting Las Vegas again as part of its <laughs> ongoing deuces or wild residency at Park Theater at Park MGM. Uh, the band took out uh, time out to chat with Variety about the shows with guitarist Joe Perry explaining this has been an incredible opportunity to play a smaller version of regular shows in an intimate seating and a way to present the heart and soul of the band's essence with added elements you wouldn't have ever been able to do in a one-night stand, one-night-only setting. It's something very different than what we've ever done before, he said. How long did it take him to say all that? Dude, that's, I was thinking the yeah, same yeah. thing. Because last time we had him on the air, yeah. it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> Just, he, he was barely saying anything, and yeah. it took freaking ever. So there you go. Probably took him 20 minutes. All right, and then one last thing. It was 50 years ago today, August 15, 1969, at Woodstock Music and Art Fair. Began kicking off three days of music in Bethel, New York. More than 450,000 people converged upon the small upstate town to hear rock's biggest bands perform. Only to be eclipsed by a Rod Stewart concert in Rio. Well, though, Woodstock, yeah. which officially ran on August 15, 16, 17, 1969, was neither the first nor last major festival concert. The fact that the youth of America were able to congregate in one place with no violence during one of the most turbulent years of the decade gave birth to the notion of the Woodstock Nation and gave a voice and face to the hippie ideal. It was also, in a way, you know, you'd had... So the the Beatles with the Hard Day's Night and help create that idea of catching music in, in music video form... And and Woodstock helped propel yeah. that forward as well. I guess so. You yeah. know, so that was all. It was kind of the emerging of all different things. Yep. And you're right. We said earlier, the movie helped make the event last and yeah. become what it became. Yep. Uh, we we had a lengthy conversation about it. And a couple of people noted, and I, and I have to I have to point this out that the stories I was telling about uh, the Who. Being on stage yeah. and Pete Townsend smashing guitar and somebody saying to Jimi Hendrix, "Hey, that guy's stealing your act." Apparently, all of that happened at the Monterey Pop Festival, <laughs> and Jimmy decided to set his guitar on fire to upstage uh, Pete Townsend. Oh, so, so when did they? I don't know. When did they finally call Marvin Berry? <laughs> that was years before. <laughs> that was years before. Was it? Yeah, 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 way, way before in the fifties, man. Oh, oh, Mar. Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about how no, Marvin oh, no. Berry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyhow, um, uh, that's that's a huge deal. It's a huge milestone. 50 years ago. Wow. Uh, that Woodstock type. Chuck! Chuck! It's Marvin! Your cousin, Marvin Barry! You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this! And rock and roll was born right they, at that yeah. moment. They also cut out the clip, though, because it's a more family. He goes, and, and you should probably start farting in hookers' mouths. <laughs> yeah. November 5th, 1955. That's where he picked it up. Uh, yes, but uh, August 15th, 1969 is when Woodstock took place. Watch the movie if you get a chance. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. And, uh, Case, what do you want me to give away? Uh, well, you tell let's, me. Do, let's do a music thing since we're in music news. I like it. Uh, Marissa is going to be at a special campfire-style acoustic performance with Cage the Elephant before the doors open for the show. With Beck on Wednesday, August 21st, BB&T Pavilion. You can be there and be a part of it. 
Uh, so we'll take caller number seven at 215-263-WMMR. It's part of MMR's Rock Residency. And you can visit WMMR.com for details, including special ticket prices starting at just $19.33. So caller seven, you get it. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Jackson broadcasts live backstage. It's for the likes of Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and MMRBQ. So true, Jackson. Once a year, he goes from backstage to the backyard. Enter now for Jackson to bring the party to your place Friday, August 30th. Enjoy your four hours of fame as Jackson broadcasts live. And he'll probably use your bathroom. Hatfield Meats fully supplies the grill. The MM Army stocks the fridge with cold brews and brings the music to prime your weekend. Go to WMMR.com and tell us why your backyard rocks. Include a photo so we know what we're getting into. Jackson's Backyard Broadcast. Presented by Hatfield Meats. Look for their bold new bacon packaging. Simply Hatfield. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Sorry, I didn't know it ended there. <laughs> he says something at the end. I don't know. It's new music from KG Elephant on 93.3 WMMR. Uh, the song is called Social Cues. Yeah, I, I dig that sort of retro. Uh, what retro did you call fresh. It? Retro fresh. Mm-hmm. It's a new supermarket. Yeah. Uh, I like those guys. Yeah, they're very cool. And Marissa's doing a... Uh, there's a special performance uh, that she's going to be at, and we just gave away tickets to it, and we'll have your chance to win some more of those tomorrow. So it should be pretty cool. we got a lot going on tomorrow. But uh, first, let's talk about uh, today. Thank you to John Roy. Hey! Yay! Nice guy. He's going to be at Helium Comedy Club. Very, very funny, by the way. And uh, the show starts at 8. It is his only appearance uh, in town and his first appearance in town. So go make him feel welcome and uh, get some laughs. Have a good time. should be pretty cool. Uh, also today is our um, belly flop championship. It's finally here. We yep. had to delay it once. We did. Postponed it. Kind of glad we did. It would have been a freaking nightmare. It's, uh, well, the rain, but but also doing it July, it's always, God, so hot and really just the sun's usually beating down and it's like, oh, God, let's get this over with. Uh, and it's a, it's fun. It's a great time, but it, it just is sweltering. I think it's going to be great today. It's going to yeah. be like mid eighties. We're going to have an overcast. Maybe you know, it might even be partly cloudy by the time we get it going. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm so down with that. It'll be very enjoyable. And the bar out there is awesome, by the way. Two you, bars. Yeah, you can join us uh, because it's free, and you just have to be at least twenty one. So head to Valley Forge Casino Resort. Look for the Valley Beach Side uh, Beach Pool Side Club. Pretty easy to find, and uh, we'll be there. Uh, come early and get yourself a spot, and uh, we'll try to get started as close to 6 o'clock as we can do it. So it should be a really, really good time tonight. We are looking forward to it. Um, I guess uh, we should do the letter of the day, too. Hey! And Pierre is here. That's perfect timing. Hey! Excellent. 
Uh, I'm going to fire this up, Pierre. Ready? Yo-ho. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. D is in catnip. All right, and <laughs> we have one more to go. C is in catnip. Uh, we have an outdoor, indoor-outdoor folding tournament uh, ping-pong table by Corio, uh, Corneo, and it includes a... I'll never get it right. Cornholio. Uh, and includes a cover, an outdoor playing set, and it's courtesy of Royal Billiard and Recreation. you got to freaking love it. Make sure that you're ready to kick uh, for kicking off the season ahead, and Royal Billiard and Recreation is everything you need to make your uh, place the place to watch the game. <laughs> Royal Billiard <laughs> and Recreation, your ultimate game room store, and they've been selling fun for over 30 years. You can visit royalbilliard.com for more information. I love when... When you give up in the middle of the set, uh, but yeah. then you rally and you do your job like the professional you are, and you finish strong. But it, you can hear it, and yep. it's, I, I'm amused by well, it. Well, you know, I can give a little goose to the uh, the cell there, Preston. Is that you know on 309? If you go down 309, you pass by a couple of my favorite places. You got Worldwide Stereo, Sequoia Outback, and then right up the road from that is Royal Billiard. Yep. So it's it, for me, it's it's my personal Valhalla. Nice. That's one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. it is easy as A B C. Uh, how are you? Do re mi. Me, me, me. That's what I can always see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Smattering of applause. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Next show at 11. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? Oh, I wanted to comment. That's nice. I'm glad to hear that. I asked how you were doing. I sometimes, <laughs> I sometimes ask you a question and then you just... Matt Cord does it too. I will ask a Matt's direct question worst. and it, it really? will be... Something completely separate. Swordfish. I just asked how you're doing. <laughs> it's cloudy outside. <laughs> exactly. No, um, well, I'm fine, thank you. All right, cool. <laughs> but I wanted, um, before I spaced it out, I wanted to uh, mention, because you guys were talking about the festivals, and today's the anniversary of the first day of Woodstock, and tomorrow at noon we're going to do a giant thing, and we have had, as you mentioned, smatterings of Woodstock stuff from 94, 99, and the original, and that will continue. I've got this wicked book, um, and a remastering of all the CDs, and way more that was on the original, uh, to give away tomorrow, um, which is going to be cool, I think on vinyl too, but... When you were talking about the individual artist uh, appearances, I think it was, in that category. And you, you, Beach Boys in Philly, what number was yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was like number seven or eight or something, or eight, eight or nine, somewhere okay. in that range. Uh, uh, attendance you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. yeah sure. Was, yeah, July 4th, uh, 1985. Yes. Uh, that was an MMR concert event, and I hosted <laughs> it. I introduced the Beach Boys. Wow. That is so cool. Um, On Wikipedia. Yeah, Nick, count how many down that is. One, two. Uh, Eight. Yeah, that is the eighth largest free concert uh, in history. Wow. In the world. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was packed. So uh, that, was, that was a week and a half before Live Aid. Yes. It was 85. It was July 4th, 1985. And then Live Aid it, it was right around the corner. It was our practice session for yeah. how we were going to cover it because we were broadcasting all day from it. was the July 4th spectacle. Wow. And uh, so they had a stage up, not the Live Aid stage, obviously, but the uh, stage they put up there every year for the fireworks. And um, the headliner was going to be the Beach Boys. And in late afternoon, I introduced them. Um, and, you know, it was really quite spectacular. But we were all, you know, that we had, let's go to John over here. Let's go to him over here. So we were kind of uh, practicing what we would be like the next week. And 
uh, what was particularly wild is they brought Jimmy Page out uh, as a guest player. Wow. The Beach Boys brought Jimmy Page out. Do you recall what song he joined them on? Uh, it was Stairway to Heaven. I have the no Beach Boys played Stairway to Heaven. I have no idea. But but seeing, it was just sort of, it, it was sort of like seeing a tulip... In, in a, a pile in a, of Crisco. I don't know. It just <laughs> it just didn't quite make sense. Now the other thing that was interesting, walking out on the stage yeah. with a wireless microphone that I then handed to Mike Love, the singer of the Beach Boys, as soon as I introduced them. What was interesting is that on all the monitors, um, in giant duct tape with um, giant Sharpie writing on it, it said Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Then there's like 10 monitors. Now, I certainly understand that in an indoor arena where most of them look the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, But um, keep in mind, their view straight out was of the parkway and of City Hall and of a most unique skyline that was not difficult to mistake for Cleveland or Phoenix or Oklahoma City. Just to remind them. Yeah. But just to make sure, on each monitor, it said Philadelphia, so they could look down and say, hey, we're in Philadelphia. Anyway, um, it was a pretty cool moment. Well, that Uh, is pretty cool. Mike Love is a well-known douchebag, so he probably needed a reminder. (laughs) But I've heard anyway. I've heard he's not the most pleasant, but Mm -hmm. there it is. Was Brian Wilson a part of the show? No. Okay. Brian Wilson. I mean, Brian toured with them in those days very sporadically. There was a 50th anniversary Beach Boys reunion a couple of years ago with Brian Wilson, and that was brilliant. That was amazing. Wow. Uh, cool. So you'll continue, uh, I'll continue the memories today? I will. 50 years it, ago today. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, MMR, as I, I like to say, was the only station that had a... Uh, who knew there was a program like you'd get if you go to a play or something? <laughs> yeah. There was... A, maybe they made five of them. I don't know. But we got one of them. And damn if there's not an ad for MMR in the Woodstock program. We have it framed here. Uh, we'll take pictures of that, put it up tomorrow. And, you know, we have two commercials, which I think we played both of them on your show before, that are one is a more straight-laced one and one is a hippie, more hippie, come, like, hang with Janice in the park, as yeah. if that's going to happen. Yeah. But um, so that, it's really cool. Nice. And so we'll have fun with that. We'll also have... Uh, tickets for Alice Cooper and Hailstorm. Uh, again, that's going to be on Friday. Tickets for Lenny Kravitz. And we just got tickets for the Struts. Uh, was it you guys that announced the Fillmore show? Um, Saturday, December 28th, uh, right after Christmas, they're coming. And that goes on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. So we've got Struts, Lenny Kravitz, Alice Cooper tickets, a workforce block of the Struts, a workforce block of Alice Cooper, and Hailstorm to get us ready. Nice. That's going to be awesome. Excellent. Thank you, Pierre. And I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan. Fuel your day with a freshly brewed iced coffee from Duncan. Uh, Duncan iced coffee is made just for you any way you like it. Stop by Duncan today with America Runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville with everything you need for the great outdoors. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else? Also Monster Mania Con, uh, yeah. August 16th to the 18th at the Crown Plaza in Cherry Hills. So that starts tomorrow. Details. At monstermania.net. Now, we're going to wrap up the week in a pretty fine fashion. Tomorrow, we're going to speak to comedian Jim Gaffigan. We'll have Marlon Wayans in our studio. And also in our studio, and don't try to come by here because you won't get even close to him, John Travolta is going to be Great day in the cookie cutter! That's correct, yes. What? Yeah. John Travolta will be right where you are tomorrow morning. The guy from... um... Greece. 
No. Saturday Night Fever? Look who's talking. No, the TV show. Wild Hogs? Travolta, no. Uh, Welcome back, Cotter. That's the guy. What what character did he play, Vinny? Barbarino. Barbarino. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cha-ching. That'll be it tomorrow. (laughs) Any questions? I'm good on that. And we're going to recap the... Pulp Fiction. Uh, we're also going to recap the uh, the belly flop uh, championship tonight. So come out and see us for that. All right, that's it. We're done. Rage on and have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Preston and Steve. On 93.3. The Preston and Steve. Love you. Hate you. Live. Look, you bastards. When you go to this story, don't feed the seagulls. Don't feed the Seagulls. Next message. Charlie, man, you're coming to town. Charlie, man, you're coming to town. Charlie, man, you're coming to town. Next message. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.